Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 2. It's Valentine's Day, Dumpster Dwellers. So grab your best gal or or, or dude or whomever you want to kiss, your dog, your cat, whatever. Uh, we're getting cozy with Valentine from 2001, directed by Jamie Blanks. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Remember Orgy McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Who's Jeremy Melton? This loser from sixth grade. He and Shelley were friends? No, that's the thing. We haven't seen him in years. Why would he send a card? Because it's him. It's Jeremy. I, I got a Valentine the other day and it was awful. And someone saying that they were going to kill me and it was signed JM. Ours too, the card in our chocolates. You both received threatening notes signed JM. And after I tell you I'm looking for a Jason Marquette, you don't think to mention it? I thought it was a joke. Unfortunately, this whole soundtrack is full of, like, I remember those guys. It's a whole bunch of I don't give a shit. It's like a time capsule for 2001 MTV New Metal. I never listened to this stuff when it came out. Yeah, me either. I can't I can't say I was uh, drawn to it. it. Well, no, but I my friends listened to it. Uh, you know, they like, well, Connor, you know, <laughs> listen to like... I Now it's much more ironically. I'm like, God, this is awesome, but it's silly. I just was never really, like, into it. Like, I never bought any albums... Especially not fucking soundtracks full of best ofs uh, of that year. I, uh, I had this soundtrack because I like Static X and then... Did you really? Yes. Why? Well, I think I pirated it, to be honest. I was going to say, why don't you just buy the Static X album? Yeah, exactly. Well, then, and then they put my <laughs> least favorite Static X album, which is Love Dump, which I think at some point Wayne Static is talking about watching a girl poop. Okay. And put that in the soundtrack. I was like, this is worthless. And then your one orgy song. Yeah, just the only thing I remember about orgy is they did that really bad cover of Blue Monday that everyone fucking loved back in the day. <laughs> that has disappeared from the pop culture. It's like, guys. <laughs> I didn't learn until years later that that was a cover. And I was like, wow. Wow. This is so, this is so much better the way it is. This other one's way better. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah. Marilyn, when Marilyn Manson did that, uh, 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 Jesus uh, song? What the fuck was that called? <laughs> the Jesus song, yes. Personal Jesus? Yeah, Gene, I've got personal Jesus. Yeah. Oh my it, god, right. That original version's so fucking good. Yeah. Um. And so, and everything else about this movie feels like it's from 2001 too, so. Yeah, well, 2001 trying to be 1981. Yeah, okay, I see where you're going with that. Okay, I'm just gonna come right out. I don't hate this movie. I actually enjoyed it. Um, yeah. sure did. I did. I won't totally uh, tilt my hand there, but I, I'm not going to say that I hated it either. I didn't hate it. I'll tell you that much. Um, I did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the. I think it was the the comparison to the fact that like most of the shit that was coming out at this time was dreadful. Oh yeah. It yeah, like 2000 slashers. I've said before are some of the worst ever because yeah, it's like long after the boom is dead. And nobody really has an idea, any ideas. And the ones you're getting in theaters are fucking sterile. Well, was this? This was kind of like uh, while Scream was still in its heyday around this time. Well, yeah. So the what? The first Scream was '96, right? Yeah. Are we on like Scream Three by 2001? I think so. And I mean, they did that that reboot at this point. What was that about? Got to be 
fucking, what, five, six, seven, eight years ago at this point? Is there five screams or four? There's four. Well, there's the there was the one that came out a few years ago where Anthony Anderson gets the knife through the fucking head with the CGI knife. They made such a big deal out of that. <laughs> Uh, that's four, right? Where it's like Sydney's sister or some shit. Right, but then they also did that MTV show, which I never watched. Uh, pass on that one. No fucking thank you. I watched one episode. It's really boring. Go figure. I know I'm probably in the minority of people out there, but I don't hate Scream. I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. No, no, no. I'm in the minority because I don't like it. Really? I feel like I always see people shitting on it. I don't no. see too many people like going, wow, Scream's a classic, man. Every Most everybody I know... No, maybe not most everybody I know, but a lot of people I know love that franchise, and I just don't care for it. I never did. I never thought it was great at all. Well, I specifically mentioned Scream because this movie pretty much apes Scream in the beginning of this film. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah we'll get to that. It, it kind of does, like, Scream... And it also kind of does, I know what you did last summer, which is kind of funny to me because we were just talking about that during our Pumpkinhead mm. 2 episode with Tony. And guess what? This movie's based on a novel as well. Oh, my, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> that blew me away. I couldn't even find the, the the novel. I saw that like they acquired the rights for this and like, blah, I don't even know. Yep, it's a, it's a novel his name, by the author Tom Savage. I need to fucking, I need to own that now because now that's, <laughs> it's, it's in my head. Uh, I, I mean, it. but do you though? I mean, let's think about that yes <laughs> i i told you i i have a sickness folks you gotta see if that ending's different yeah i yeah i don't know you gotta know right i do you may just see if it has an ending <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> this has an ending which i think is fine especially for the time especially for the time when this came out but like to to sean's point though um, I want to say the best, like, in my opinion, the best part of Scream is that opening sequence. And then everything after that is just, eh, I don't need this. Sure, sure. That's because the first 10 minutes are nail biting. Like, it's so fucking tense. It's great. It's fantastic. And then, like, it's that, it's that, I know, I know, I know the point of it. I know the significance. I know the historical significance of the film. I'm just not a fan, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't like everything, you know? No, and that's fine. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying I don't like it, and that's that's okay. Right. But yeah, the way the way that it's handled in this, we'll get to it, but I, I'm, I was a fan. I was like, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. I was very distracted by these people being a bunch of affluent crackers. Like, I really couldn't stand <laughs> these people. I hated all of them. Yeah. I don't know if I go that far. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I could sit here and say I liked any of them, but I didn't. No. I, you know, I, did, I didn't dislike anybody per se, but I definitely can't say I liked anybody either like Denise Richards is like maybe the only one I kind of felt bad for her and maybe the main character maybe Tammy 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 T here she is Denise Richards back in the MDU she just can't get a fucking break dude yep no and that girl who's and that girl who's not Tara Reid who's ever the lead is <laughs> I th According to IMDb, <laughs> Tara Reid was initially going to be in this movie. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, there you go. And so was, I think, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, but they both backed out. Because they were filming, I still know what you did last summer. Oh. I guess. No, I, I mean, there's that's... Like, there's like... There's four of those movies now, I think, too. Um, yeah, I, I think two came out in theater. Either two or three came out in theaters, and then there's like a direct-to-video sequel. I think there's four. I remember two being okay. I don't. I couldn't tell you a single plot point, but I remember liking it at the time. I watched the first one last year just for shits. I was like, I was going through my tapes. I was like, I didn't know I had this on tape. So I was like, fuck it. Let's. I'll just watch it. Yeah, Jules had. I don't think she had seen it or hadn't seen it in a while. So we popped it on. It's fine. 
I mean, right? It's okay. It, it it's it's one of the better films of the era. Sure, of that era, I guess I should say. Sure. Yeah, I've got no affection towards it. No, I mean it, it's fine. Like I I could live without it for sure. The only thing <laughs> it's K. Yeah, it's 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 a capital K, dude. Also, like anything with Jennifer Love Hewitt goes up an extra ten points for me because she's been a childhood crush of mine since I saw Munchie. Because she's <laughs> heavenly and divine? Uh, yeah. And she still is. I mean, I'm more in it for the uh, the old fish hook uh, killer, personally, <laughs> but I can see where you're coming from. What are you here for? Death? What are you here for? Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. Be- What's his name? Be- his name's like Fisherman Ben. Here comes my hook. Or some shit. His name's Shalish. Sh- <laughs> fucking Clint Howard chasing after him. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Oh, why? Why? Why do they always ask why? <laughs> Come to my island. It's a dead island. That's, that's, that's Spanish. That's Mexican. No, that's a different island. Oh, okay. This is Fisherman Hookman Island. Yeah, this is House of the Dead Island. Dead Island's that way. Speaking of people with hook hands, um... Jamie Blanks also directed Urban Legend a few years before this. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a movie I forgot about. So let's put that in perspective. Now... I need to go back and revisit a lot of these teen slasher films. Like, I want to say 90, like, like late 90s to mid 2000s, which this is the bracket, right? We're fucking looking at here today. Yeah, right. I seem to remember Urban Legends being really good, the first one, um, but I could be completely wrong. I mean, I remember Daniel Harris and Robert Englund are in it. Are they? I see. I don't even remember that. All I remember is the Drano sequence. Where, like, they, he puts, like, Mentos down the guy's mouth, and, like, oh, yeah, instead yeah. of soda, he, like, pours Drano down his throat or some shit. Yeah. That's all I remember from that movie. But it was always that thing, right? Like, this is, this was the, uh, section of time where everything was like, I was, I'm your brother's cousin's former roommate, and you stole my coat. I knew, I know someone who may come back from the past to revenge me. Right, <laughs> right. Not that that's something that's, that what that hasn't been done, like, in the, in the 80s and 90s, but, like, it seems like every fucking one, besides maybe, like, Venom, <laughs> and I know, I know I don't want to invoke that name, but, like, besides that movie, like, everything else is, that's your old boyfriend, that's my mom who was dead but's not, that's my brother who was dead but's not. Uh, here it is. I, I just can't seem to figure out why. And then they have this convoluted-ass reason as to why. Uh, but yeah, this movie has more like a carry vibe. Like a reverse carry, almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was kind of thinking that, too. A little bit, a little bit. Sort of. I mean, take out the telekinesis and, you know. <laughs> and replace it with, with snooty white people. Yeah, the way I was thinking about it is it's almost like Big Bully, but, like, with a different setup. Oh, man. Because this kid also gets sent to fucking, like, the military school. Oh, there you go. And goes crazy. This is the actual, this is what would actually happen if Fang came back. They were classmates. <laughs> they were, we're, yeah, again, we're tipping the hand, but fuck it, you you know this you know the deal by now we spoil the shit out of everything on this show um but uh but yeah let's uh, let's crunch this real quick um uh, so we open up in uh the prologues takes place in 1988 and it's like a prom and uh this little kid um Jeremy Melton hey you want to dance with me he's a big fucking <laughs> dork and uh he asks the five popular girls and the one fat girl to dance and the one fat girl dances with him and then uh they're caught under the bleachers by a bunch of popular boys and they're kissing and she claims that um jeremy was uh 
abusing her? Attacking her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was attacking me. And the kids are like, oh, you were attacking her, bro? Good old childhood cruelty. Yep. So they dump punch on him, beat the shit out of him, and um, he ends up being sent away. And then flash forward, now it's the present, and somebody's picking off the girls one by one. I wonder who it is. What are you in for? I stole a moon rock. What are you here for? <laughs> and the only thing they all have in common is they get these notes from this guy, uh, WZW. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be MZM, we're not totally sure. It's never really explained. It's signed P Head. I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> He's getting those campaign brochures out. P.S. You you just reminded me that like when Fang was in that corrections uh facility for the kids juvenile the hall, and he right. talks about that kid who who fucking the like, lost in space kid yeah burns a fucking house down with lost in space. This is the kid. <laughs> yeah, his mom was vacuuming during Lost in Space, so he burnt a fucking house down. I couldn't hear Doctor Smith. I had to tell people I was in there because I stole a rock, a freaking food rock. I got my ass kicked every day. <laughs> Let me take it out on you, grown Rick Moranis. <laughs> Holy shit. So I didn't know what to expect. I thought I thought this movie was just going to be the fucking doldrums, dude. Like, really. I, I just, I remember it being all right, and then I, I expected it to not be great on this revisit, but I was pleasantly surprised. I went in, like, more optimistic than usual. I was like, there's no way this can age that badly. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> if it wasn't for the music in this movie, I don't think it would be that bad. Oh. Uh, like, I don't think it would be that noticeable, I guess. there. Uh, just to touch the soundtrack one more time, there's a stretch of this movie where every time someone enters a new room, the song just changes. <laughs> they blast through, like, two-thirds of this licensed fucking soundtrack. Because every time someone leaves a room, it goes from Static X to Soulfly. Like... <laughs> We need to sell some fucking albums. Let's go, baby. Warner Brothers music. Fucking kick it up. Yeah, we got to sell this um, thing. <laughs> so, uh, where was I going with that? The in- the intro. The intro is cool, man. Like, I was into it. Um, it felt very... It felt like an 80s slasher. Like, they have, like, a like a uh, a staged, like, yearbook. Yes. With, like, it was all lit and stuff, and, like, they open it up, and it's, it's, it's one of those cool things. You know how, like, nowadays they have, like, flashing blueprints and maps and shit? Like, especially on, like, um, yeah. the Godzilla movie and stuff, and it's, like, flashing real quick. This is cool because it takes its time, and, like, the book opens, and then it's, like, a page, and there's, like, cut out. It's, like, a scrapbook almost, and there's, like, pictures of the actresses from, like, high school and, um, like, notes written in the yearbook and stuff. I don't know. I, I was digging it. I thought it was cool. No, I was into it, too. And the original score for this is is pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we open up, and a- after the after the credit sequence, we go right to this fucking dance, flashback, 1988. Valentine's Day, whatever dance. Yeah, and this, this poor little kid is walking around just like, will you dance with me? Um, just like a little worm. And everyone's like, oh, God, no. He's persistent. I'll give him that, right? After, like, the third embarrassment, that kid's got some guts. Like. After the first one, he's got some balls, right? And then, yeah, right after that first one, you're like, okay, going to go sit down now. Bye. I just sat down a long time ago. My confidence is not that strong. <laughs> no. Well, then he goes up to the quote-unquote fat girl, which I have problems with in this movie is the fact that this woman just just hung her fucking hat on the fact that she was apparently the fat girl. <laughs> I love that exchange because she's like, they're like, they have this bizarre argument. She's like, oh, yeah? Well, you called me fat once. And then just, like, w- walks away. Man, I hate I hate that character. It's so, like, 
it's so brittle, that whole fucking thing, right? Because she's grown into this, like, very attractive woman. Right. And she's still hanging on to that shit. Like, what are you talking about? And, like, I listen, I get it. Like, people, like... Oh, no, sure. Shit like that is said to them at a young age, and it, it makes a fucking imprint. It does. Or, you know, it, it makes an impact on people. Sure. But I just, like, anytime I started to feel remotely bad for this woman, she would go on some tirade about how I was, you know, I was heavy back in school, and I, no, I never got any dates, and now I got a good date. And you're jealous, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is because I was fat. Yeah, that's a whole fucking ball of shit. But, like, before she even says any of that, I already hate this character because of what we said earlier, how she takes this kid behind the bleachers and then basically accuses him of sexually harassing her. Yeah, and it's kind of sweet at first. It's like, oh, the nerd and the fat girl get together, whatever. Um... Quote, unquote, fat girl, right? Yeah, she's the worst person in this movie. (laughs) And by the way, just so we're not confused at home, we're not body shaming anybody. Yeah, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying uh, this this character really makes that a big part of her character. And and I only repeat it because it comes up in that context at least two or three other times during the film. It's a plot point, and it's easier to say than heavy set little girl. I'm just going to say the fat girl. Oh, right, right. Uh, one, One other point. Uh, just before we go on, is that the character who grows up to be essentially the main character, Kate, uh, is the only one that kind of gives this kid this Jeremy character. Oh, maybe later. That's she's the only one that gives him maybe like, eh, I'm just not gonna totally shut you down. Right. So she doesn't dance with the kid. She's. I guess she's so desperate. I guess they're both very dead. It's it's two desperate children coming together in a room where they're being shunned by their peers. Oh yeah, right. Going back to Dorothy and Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they're so they're underneath the bleachers and they're making out whatever. And then these fucking kids come up, and she immediately reacts like, "Well, I'm just gonna throw him under the bus, yeah, so that I don't look like a scumbag for making out with this nerd." Basically. And then they beat him, stabbed him, and dropped it in a mine shaft. <laughs> I, right? <laughs> Same setup, Connor. Let me tell you something. Dude, they strip... They, first, they pour a punch on this kid's head, like a whole bowl. That's the carry thing I was talking about. I mean, it's not pig's blood, it's punch, but, like, you know... And then they strip him down to his underwear. This is on the dance floor, too, right? Yeah, well, they strip him down to his underwear underneath the bleachers, then throw him out on the dance floor, and everybody starts taking pot shots at this kid. They're kicking him, they're fucking spitting on him, passing him around. The adults are like, should we help? Oh, they're laughing. They're getting a fucking Mr. Johnson's on the side, getting a couple fucking kicks in this kid's face. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming in, he's, go- he's coming in to get a little couple uh, kicks in, he, feel- he feels like the kid deserves it. <laughs> yeah. Science teacher comes in, he's like, you're a fucking loser, Jeremy. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> That'll teach you to not fucking pay attention in my class, you little prick. Yeah, you're such a nerd. You fucking dork. Just punches his glasses into his face. Oh man. <laughs> no, he takes them off and just gently snaps them in half. He does the he, he does the back body drop, breaks this guy's back <laughs> like Pumpkinhead did to fucking Leatherface. Just real quick, one more one more little uh, uh note that we got to put in the fucking cork board. Uh, uh, cork board. Um, before this kid even gets a hand laid on him, he has a nosebleed. Right, right, right. Because that's important for later. Yes. Whenever he, I guess, gets excited or nervous or what have you, he he gets a nosebleed. Well, you know what it is, Joe. When they when they poured that fucking punch on him, he was having you know flashbacks to Carrie, and he tried activating his telekinesis. But, you know, only thing that happens is he got a bloody nose. And pass the fuck out while these people beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Here's my question, though. Sure. Why the fuck does this supposed, let's say it's this character, 
Go after these girls. Why didn't he kill the fucking bullies that, that beat the shit out of him? Um, or why not everyone? Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's one of those things why you got to read the novel, right? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's in the book. It's in the fucking book. Just go read the book. I just, I thought that was a little odd. You went after the people that just turned you down, not the people that literally destroyed you and embarrassed you in front of the entire school. I know. And they, like, make a... Uh, but okay. They make a <laughs> they make a point to, like, show you, show him go to every girl and be like, want to dance? No. Want to dance? Ew. Want to dance? Go fucking kill yourself. P.S. Little Denise Richards looks like Denise Richards, and it's fucking weird. <laughs> I, yeah. It's a spot on. The casting director for this? Nice one. Yeah, nailed it on that one. This is like some This Is Us shit. So that about wraps up the intro sequence, doesn't it? Because then I think if they say Jeremy get ex- well, he gets expelled. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he, quote unquote, we'll get to that later. And then we flash forward into the prequel to Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> well, not one, I- <laughs> not one, but two of these fucking actresses are on Grey's Anatomy. Get the hell out of here. I know the main character is. I saw that online. I've never seen an episode, but I did read that. She was on, like, what, eight seasons or something like that? Yeah, Catherine Heigl was, too. Yeah, Catherine Heigl was on there, and the chick who plays Dorothy, uh, what's her name? I have no idea. Uh, My fiancé would know. Julie would know, because she loves Grey's Anatomy. So we go uh, 13 years later, 2001. Um, and we're introduced to Shelly, played by Catherine Heigl, and she is on a seemingly blind date with... One of the many in a cavalcade of just empty-headed dipshits. Disgusting characters of people. It seems like this whole group of friends is just, like, addicted to speed dating. I I guess. Well, she's on an actual date. Well, I guess, yeah, right, right, right. That's another thing. Like, I get it. The movie's called Valentine, right? And um, I guess you need to have a, a significant other and or date to make Valentine's Day work. Or whatever, but the whole right. plot revolves around each of these characters either trying to fuck somebody or like date somebody or whatever somebody. Right for this big Valentine's Day party that Dorothy's having. Because who could give a shit? We gotta have a date for the party. Why don't you just show up? Right. There's gotta be. There's gotta be another single person there. There's gonna be a ton of people there. Yeah. There's a ton of people there. And not everybody's gonna have a fucking date. I, I gotta reserve my fuck buddy in advance. We're young, we're good looking, of course we can get a date, like, come the fuck on. <laughs> All of these women are beautiful, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right! You have no pro- like, you have your pick of the litter, but they keep seeming to go for every fucking Joe asshole <laughs> on the fucking block. Oh my god. The guys in this movie are all, like, bachelorette, uh, like, bachelorette, uh, yeah, like, bachelorette, like, contestant rejects, like, yeah, <laughs> the bachelor contestant rejects, they, they all look like the sixth Backstreet Boy, listen, Jason wants you to know that he's gonna fuck you real good tonight, uh, Jason thinks your, your sweater is nice, Jason is gonna lock you in his fucking basement if you come home with him tonight, Jason will get mad if you don't text him back, Jason's got spinach in his teeth, <laughs> Jason's not paying for this fucking dinner bill. No, what a what an asshole. <laughs> yeah, this this fucking asshole refers to himself in the third person. First of all, she points out he's got spinach in his teeth, and he's like, oh, yeah, I meant to do that. And then and then she goes to pay the bill, and she's got written on her fucking uh, plate, like with her salad dressing, help me. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you got the steak. You know, I just had chicken fingers in a water. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. Oh, Jason doesn't tip. Not only does Jason not tip, but he says some shit like, you know, Jason needs a fertile woman to plant his seed into uh, so we can procreate and make more Jasons. 
What do you say? Yeah, okay, Jason, maybe uh, you need to have a talk with somebody else, like, uh, I don't know, a counselor? I don't know, maybe stop referring to yourself in the third person. How about that? It sounds like he has to have a conversation with himself. He's already got two people running around in there with him already. <laughs> I want to meet the other guy. The Beast? Yeah, he's in there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, don't go home with this dude. Which one of you is you? <laughs> so she bails out of there. And she goes back to her fucking college, back to the lab to uh, go work on a uh, autopsy of her. What does she call it? Her Chad? Her Chadaver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. Thank you. Yeah, well, I found it intriguing because, like, they try to... So they add dimension to one of the characters that's going to get fucking Drew Barry Morton about five minutes. <laughs> like, less than that. Right, the only character that kind of has something else going on. Right, she's the only interesting one out of the group of friends. She's the only one I can see who actually has a job. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck the other girls do. One's rich and the other ones just kind of exist. I guess. We have money. Oh, okay. Well, she makes like a joke about, hey, Chad, you're, I, I like you. You're the strong and silent type after she had her bad date. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, because uh, it's a horror movie, she hears a loud noise in the distance. Sure. I mean. Doesn't th- put a light on. Always investigate in the dark. Doesn't grab a flashlight. You have to say hello or else it doesn't work. Right, right, right. Because they're gonna they're going to respond, hi, I'm here to kill you. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. If you're home alone and you hear a big drop or or something like something's rustling around or, or a big loud noise, I I immediately stop what I'm doing and I stop breathing and I listen for about 20 minutes before I move. And then I quietly go downstairs to see what the fuck's going on, like what fell over or what happened, right? I don't go, oh shit, hello? Somebody, <laughs> hello? There he is, aim the gun that way. Did I tell you when the hospital got broken into? It was uh, last year. Oh god, no. And you guys were there? We were closed, but we had an overnight person, or at least someone was staying late, and this guy wedges the side door open, comes inside, and our, like, four foot seven little animal care provider is like, hey, and he's like, sorry, and leave. What? <laughs> he apologized. <laughs> sorry, just just breaking and entering. Oh, I didn't park here. I didn't mean it. <laughs> oh, I, I, meant to do, I meant to go into the building next door, sorry. I'll sleep outside. You mean this isn't the 7-Eleven? Okay. Yeah, but anyway, um, so she goes to investigate, and uh, I think... Did our killer pop out right here? Well, she goes to the locker room. Yeah, well, she runs into some dude, like another student that's there. See, this is totally fine with me because it's a campus. There's people there. Right. There's people working late, especially doctors getting their doctorates and shit, doing late night autopsies, staying in the staying in the lab late, but real crazy hours. I, I just think it's funny that all the lights are on because every college I've ever been to, and maybe not that I've been to too many, they leave those fucking lights on all day. They don't ever turn them off. This place is like dark as hell. Yeah, this place looks very grim. You gotta set the mood. You know, it is a horror movie. No, I mean, I yeah, right. That's fair. And I will say this is this is probably the best shot sequence of the whole movie. There's a few, but I, th- I feel like this is really one of the... It's really put together well, this this whole sequence. No, I like the sequence. No, yeah. So so she there's like a fake out, and it's like a dude who's like, Oh, you staying with Chad Chadaver? Okay, well, I'll, I'll catch you on the flip side, dude. So he leaves. Um, and she's going through her locker for whatever reason. Well, she sees uh, she sees that note taped to the side of the locker, and that's what she actually grabs. That's right, because it has her name on it. It says uh, it says Shelly on the on the note. Oh yeah, she opens this thing up, and it's like tear one off and scratch my head. <laughs> she gets one of these fucking Riddler ass fucking Valentines. <laughs> 
like, where's the fucking signature by Edward Nigma? Roses are red, violets are blue. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I was looking for Jim Carrey's head to fucking bop out one of these things. Yeah, fucking Val Kilmer's fucking eyes bulge out and the tongue flaps out. But it's Shelly's head. Which once was red is black instead. That's the rest of that. Yeah, they are Riddler-ass notes. They are. Better watch out. You're going to be dead. And let me tell you something. Our killer is one hell of a fucking artist because these are all hand-drawn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he. this guy has an affinity for the crafts, okay? Yeah. <laughs> He fucking spends time on these things. Is that what he did when he was locked up in the fucking mental institution? I'm surprised that, like, there weren't a few that had, like, noodles on them or something like that. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, right? Macaroni fucking Valentines? <laughs> With death threats on the inside. Yeah, but it's, like, written in crayon, which is hilarious because... The whole note is craft, like the whole Valentine is crafted immaculately with like the most wonderful calligraphy and and watercolors and mixed media pastels and lace and shit with like pop up portions that you pull out a tab and it pops up, and then when he signs it, it looks like he's fucking three years old with a crayon on the back. <laughs> this is a lot to do for just, like, getting some revenge on people. Like, you don't have to put all this effort into it. No. Well, an important note about these Valentines that, that he leaves people, it also kind of explains in detail how he's going to murder them. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I'm, I'm with it. Like... I thought uh, it's fine with me. I just thought it was like completely el too elaborate. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Every one of them is like boogity woogity. Because <laughs> you you think about I know what you did last summer, and it's just a piece of paper. <laughs> it just says I know what you did last summer on it. Well, it eventually devolves into just a piece of paper, but that's not until towards the end. So she, you know, rightfully so, is freaked out and heads back to her cadaver. And uh, before she left the room earlier, the way that the body was positioned, you can kind of see it you know, in the background. Yeah. Uh, when she gets back, it's totally covered. So to the audience, it's like, uh, wait a fucking second, but she doesn't notice. I noticed something's different. Yeah, <laughs> but they do this great thing where they, they go back to where she's about to slice uh, the stomach open with her scalpel, uh, which was the shot they showed previously before she got freaked out. Mm -hmm. But this time the uh, stomach kind of raises up uh, like they they inhale <laughs> that's actually fucking terrifying it's a classic gag but it fucking works a hundred percent dude it's effective um i thought it was great yeah it's, it's scary shit what i don't understand is how he manages to get off the table and out of sight by the time she turns back around well you know that that chad body falls out of the fucking closet man it just freaks out just enough for him to teleport behind her that's right she has like that fucking chunk moment from Goonies where he's like, they got Mississippi mud and then Rocky Road. <laughs> it's a stiff. And the fucking guy falls out of the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, she, she starts running it off, uh, you know, to get the fuck out of Dodge. And uh, this this guy kind of grabs her through one of the uh, curtains in the lab, mm -hmm. kind of just like, pulls her in towards her. It's, it's like he mapped out all of his, like, spooky jump points. Yeah, like he sure did. Uh, she, she fucking gets him with a scalpel. Yeah. Which they never come back to. Yeah, you're gonna bleed a lot if you don't take care. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, yeah, especially, like, in the leg, you know what I mean? Also, those things are, if you think it's sharp, it's sharper than you think. Right. Like, <laughs> they're so sharp. You can fucking circumcise a gnat with that fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who's ever tried, but. I'm sure you could. I'd like to go to that, Briss. <laughs> R.I.P. John. That, that that that's that's a John Candy joke. I can't take credit for that from Uncle Buck. Now, yes, it's another mask killer, right? This is nothing new. I like this mask though. It looks great. I it's it's simple. 
and it's effective. I really, I really like it. Slasher masks have to be expressive, and this thing is expressive by having absolutely no emotion on its face. Right. Uh, and just has these big, rosy red... It's a cute bit of mask. Um, yeah. It's like big, rosy red cheeks. The skin's all white. Looks really cool. It's a fucking cherub, and the rest of the, the costume is just like a long black coat, right? Yeah. Um, I'm with it. It's It, it almost is giallo-esque yes uh, yes yeah as far as like because they got the the fucking black leather gloves and the and the trench coat and and that whole thing man imagine making this movie like a giallo i think it would be super effective well that i guess that's what i'm saying right like it would be much better this could totally work for that this costume um i think it's i think it's cool um anyway it's pretty creepy and um he brandishes this fucking butcher knife but yeah like i was saying like uh it's just shot really well, this whole sequence. Like, it's this long shot of him, like, walking out of the room, and he's, like, all the way down the hallway, and he just fucking starts coming down after. Like, there's not a lot of, like, another thing, there's not a lot of, like, jumpy scares in this, I've noticed. No, I mean, when he jumps out of that curtain, that actually kind of got me. Sure. Uh, but it's one of only, like, maybe three jump scares in the whole film. Yeah, and I'm kind of thankful for that because they just, they listen no reaction from me unless it's a really good one, so. Right. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's not a lot of cheap shots in this, right? No, I would never accuse this movie of that. There's like two, there's like two fake outs, but it's nothing like, it's nothing insulting, you know what I mean? No, I wouldn't hold it against the film. Right, right, right. It's not a, it's not someone lighting 47 violins on fire <laughs> while someone pops through a fucking door. <laughs> No, man. Hey, I locked the door. So yeah, so she stabs and she runs down the hallway. He, we get our first big reveal of the killer, which is really fucking cool. Um, and and she she ends up running away from him, but like, uh, she hits a dead end because she runs into the fucking cold storage with all the fucking uh, cadavers, like on on the um, in body bags in, in the big freezer, right on the stretchers, on the stretchers. Yeah, um, this scene's great. I don't, th- I think there's, uh, I'm trying to remember in my head, like, another movie that did something similar to this. I can't think of anything. I think there was, I think there's, like, one other, I can't, it's on the tip of my tongue somewhere floating around in my brain, but, um, it's great. This is a great tension scene uh, of, like, she, it, it's a room full of body bags on stretchers, and this fucking guy's walking through, and you're like, where's Catherine Heigl? Is she, is she in, is she in, like, one of those slide-out fucking drawers? Is she underneath one of these, uh, uh, um stretchers or what so cupid starts going around and stabbing the fucking bodies yeah <laughs> yeah well he he unzips the first one and then he's like well fuck that noise and just starts stabbing the corpses yeah and it's like holy shit and then he finally gets to the last one yeah well he's like i got a good feeling about this one zip <laughs> well you think that she's not going to be in there but she totally is oh yeah she yep is. and she's like oh <laughs> fuck and he's like good night and then fucking slits her throat and zips her back up and that's when katherine heigl leaves the movie <laughs> she sure does she fucks right off yep he fucking slits her throat zips her back up and then as the, you know as he walks away uh the blood funnels down um into like that bucket where like you 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 like embalm the body and like drain them of its blood. Oh no, that that's just medical waste. <laughs> that's what those buckets are for. Well, yeah. Well, the the no, there's like a tube. No, I'm saying the bucket itself is just medical waste. Oh, oh yeah, 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 sure. Just chuck shit. You don't need any more anymore in there. Oh, also, also, after he kills her. He has a nosebleed, this Cupid character. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Guess what? It's the guy. It's the guy. It's the kid, but he's grown up. Oh. It's the guy. Oh, my God. How could this happen? He has a, he has a tail that's really obvious to anyone looking at him. 
Remember that thing? Do you remember that kid we bullied in school and embarrassed him? He also got bloody noses. Isn't that weird? Like, all the time. Isn't that weird that that fucking thing had a bloody nose? Yeah, that Cuban's got a bloody nose. Imagine that. What are the odds? One in a million. <laughs> we only put it together, like, halfway through the movie just by happenstance. Yeah, basically. Um, and Tammy's back, everybody. Tammy oh, yeah. seemingly left uh, Paul Walker as a as a single brain in a dish. She's she's full effect here, man. She she got tired of that brain in a dish, man. Tammy and the X-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's hanging out with uh, Charlie Shelton here. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they're, they're called Paige and uh, Kate, and they're kind of like the main two characters, although Denise Richards is the main character when it suits her. Yeah. And then she just isn't at other parts. It's kind of weird. Which is really strange because I don't know why they focus so much time on her and we don't spend any time with Lily <laughs> at all. Right. <laughs> They're like, we need an A story, a B story, and a C story. Well, that's Dorothy. <laughs> right. And the main story is, is has barely any time to show up. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but you basically you get... You get um, Kate's story, you get Paige's story, you get fucking Lily's story, which only lasts about half the film, and then you get Dorothy's story. So you get at least, what is it, three to four fucking stories throughout this film that, that don't really converge besides the killer being involved in them all, I guess. I guess, does that count? Uh, it's like a soap opera. No, because they have, a, they have one common denominator, but, like, it doesn't, that's the only thing tying them together, right? Right. Um... And none of them actually have any influence on the other stories at all. No, at all. <laughs> like, literally at all. The The only impact is maybe this speed dating scene where Denise Richards keeps fucking stealing all of uh, her friend's dates. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, well, like, that's her character trait, right? She's like, she's the sexy whore one, right? Or whatever. Is that what we're doing? She's the slut. She's the slut. Sex in the city was big around this time. Yeah, I guess. I mean, whatever. Good. I, I'm. And again, not slut shaming. Not judging. <laughs> I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that's like that was also a thing that was big in the late '90s. I'm not judging anybody. That's her fucking character, folks. It's funny too, though, because every time that Kate gets a, uh, a a bad like person, like she gets a fucking nerd, she gets some guy who just can't talk, she gets some guy who just, just wants to get laid and is like making no bones about it. Oh my god. But then she finally gets like this guy who's just like, yeah, uh, I'm good looking, I guess, uh, I don't want to get fucked. This guy- My woman says I couldn't please her sexually. Oh, that's the black dude I was gonna, I was gonna talk about, yeah. Oh, well that guy too, I was specifically talking about the guy that comes back later, this, I think his name is Luke. Yeah. That Denise Richards, like, fucking was like, oh, I'll give you my number. This guy looks like Danny Elfman fucked Vince McMahon. <laughs> That is an awful-looking human being. That is an oingo boingo. He is an ugly guy. <laughs> I know a handsome man when I see one, and he is not a handsome man. Throwing Vince in there is what really unsettles me. <laughs> it, it, that's what it looks like to me. That's That was my read on it. And Denise Richards is like, wow, he's so handsome. Fucking homunculus of an old man. <laughs> an old homunculus? <laughs> yes. I mean, Vince McMahon has said in the past that he is a genetic jackhammer. G oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't need that image. I didn't need that brought back. <laughs> Side note, can we talk about some supernatural shit real quick? Does anybody know how a homunculus was made in an, like, all chemically, or at least how it was proposed to in, like, old books from, like, the fucking 1200s? No. Um, it involved masturbating into a fucking, like, 
log or something. Oh, okay. With a bunch of other disgusting <laughs> ingredients and then burying it, and then it would turn into a homunculus. I infuse nature with my seed. Let my seed grow. <laughs> He's like Rita Repulsa. Bandora. <laughs> oh, Rangers, I'm a, I was born of sperm and garbage. <laughs> Did somebody ejaculate onto a fucking 24K bar? Uh, hello, I'm Goldar. I'm Goldar. Come, Dar. <laughs> I'm Spunkdar. Oh, no. Rangers. That's a, that's a character I wish we didn't create, but he's totally coming back in the future. <laughs> What's this mean? We have to affirm it. Is it Spunkdar? Uh, Cumdar is better. Cumdar? Spunkdar. Cumdar. I'm Cumdar, Rangers. <laughs> I'd like to see him grow. Goldar's gonna get you tonight! <laughs> Witness the greatness! I wanna hear you say I am your superior! No! We go back to the film here and we find out that uh, Kate's, you know, on-again, off-again boyfriend, uh is uh, Angel yes. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. David Boreanaz, everybody. He's in this movie. Did you remember? Um, I did. That was the big thing that stuck out for me because my mom was is in love with David Boreanaz. She has a poster of him in, a, in her closet. There was a, <laughs> there is a cardboard stand-up of him in our basement. Whoa. Yes, I, I, I've seen it. Or in my, in, my, in my folks' basement. Sean has seen it. Um, it is infamous amongst our friends. He's barely in this movie, though, by, like, what he should be. Well, because he shot all his scenes in two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hey, like, in between scenes, the character goes on, like, a holiday. He's like, I gotta go now. Bye. Well, he's busy. Angel's huge at this point, isn't it? Still, It's still on the air. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, man, you gotta take that extra scratch where you can get it, I guess. He's like, I hope nothing weird happens in between my appearances. <laughs> he turns into a vampire or some shit. <laughs> I hope nothing weird happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gotta get to the other side of town to kill your other friend. Huh? Uh, uh, don't worry about it. I'll see you later. Nothing. I'll be busy. I gotta go fight a half-snake man somewhere. He shows up in the next scene because Denise Richards gets a phone call that they found uh, Shelly's body. And the next morning at the funeral, and he shows up to it. And is like, hey, uh... Hey, Kate, uh, I know you just went to your friend's funeral, but uh, can we get back together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I'm an alcoholic. I got places to be. Make, it, make a decision. <laughs> make it snappy. There's a bar with my fucking name on it down the street. Give me an answer. I got a bottle of tequila in the front seat, but I swear it's not for me. It's for my buddy. It's for te- I, I brushed my teeth with it. I, uh, what? It's aftershave. It's not tequila. It's industrial sized. He like points into the distance. He's like, oh, isn't that so-and-so? She looks, he pulls a flask out of his sleeve and takes a quick swig. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying. (laughs) So like, don't these two spend the whole movie like, uh, should we? Eh." Um, yeah, it's a, it's a will they, won't they kind of thing. Uh, but I don't really give a shit. Um, no. And she's, and she's known him for like a long ass time. Right. So, Should we just come out with it now? Yeah, sure. I don't see why not. Right? Uh, yeah. Because I want to address things as we go through this. Uh, di- so, so, okay, so David Boreanaz is Jeremy Melton. He's the killer. Bum, bum, bum. He's the little dork kid that grew up to be a handsome fuck. Um, 
that all the girls want to fuck. Hence why I say he's constantly disappearing from scenes and then, you know, coming back from other scenes like sweating and fixing his shirt. <laughs> and like, oh, hey, how, wow, I was surprised to see you here. Gloves? I'm not wearing gloves. Oh, these are my, my motorcycle. <laughs> There's a couple of uh, visual storytelling things, beats in this that I really enjoyed because I already knew that he was the killer, right? Sure, sure. So I knew that, obviously I knew that going in. Um, and then watching it again, fresh, knowing that he's the killer, I was looking for those things. He's super shifty. Uh, yeah, he does a few things where I'm like, oh shit, look at that. I, I mean, we're gonna, we're about to talk about it, but I will say, like, probably the first half of the film, I had no idea, and then they just start doing like weird shit with his character. That's kind of like, do they want me to think it's him? Yeah. <laughs> and then they just like straight up just spell it out at the end, like right. in the last five minutes. Well, it's funny is they start leaning into it really hard, like it might be him, boo, and they're like, nah, we're just kidding. But then they're like, ah, we're kidding again, dude. It devolves into some really bad writing, and we'll get to it. And it was one of those things that really turned me off about it because you could have had a strong ending or strong last twenty minutes, and then it's just kind of like. Really? Is that what you fucking did? Right, right. Or is that like why are we why are we doing it this way? Anyway, so they don't get back together right away. So he leaves, and uh, then all the characters, which are the girl, the girls from the beginning, all kind of get together. And I guess they're still friends to this day. Yeah, friends in quotes. One of the main characters, Lily. Uh, she's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable about this cop being here questioning people about. stuff. About her murder. She, she was murdered, Lily. That's exactly where he should be. <laughs> but Detective Dan shows up at the funeral. Like, why didn't he just wait, right? He's like, hey, excuse me, can I ask you some questions? Well, because he's horny, Joe. Oh, yeah, right. He wants to fuck. Yeah, well, D- Detective Dan is also, like, a fucking, he's, he's dog shit. Like, he's a terrible human being. Oh, yeah, man. He's a fucking misogynist. By the way, his name is Detective uh, Leon Vaughn. I'm like Vaughn. And he is uh, from the school of Uncle Sam. Where Remember that guy in Uncle Sam that was coming to tell the fucking wife about Uncle Sam's body being exhumed. Yes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to fuck you and your sister. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, how do you like those apples? And she's just like, uh, leave my house. He kind of looks like Buffalo Bill. Kind of. He he kind of looks like that guy from Under the Dome. Yeah, Dean Norris from fucking Breaking Bad. I was, I, That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. With more hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this guy kind of starts off a little bit like, okay, he's just a cop trying to find someone you know, that murdered this woman, and by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, this guy is a piece of shit. Yeah. He's, he sucks. He gets what he gets what's coming to him. So he comes up, and he's like, guy tries to fill you up. Words are exchanged. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it the, is it the narrator of the Twilight Zone? <laughs> it's Rod Serling again. A man, tries to, a man tries to fill you up. It's a Tuesday night. Sherry was your friend. <laughs> she was working late in a cadaver place, in a medical in a medical place. Welcome to Valentine. <laughs> what is that in the bat? What is that noise? I've never seen that show. Um, the scene also confirms that uh, Denise Richards wears inappropriate things to funerals, no matter what movie she's in. <laughs> well, she's she's acting out. All right, she just got to have a long relationship with a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then who was then a brain? Uh, well, she's used to it. She goes, she digs up bodies, dead bodies. She's you know. Oh yeah, any any morgue business she's used to. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'm convinced that's why she was going on these dates because she was trying to find a replacement body for Michael. <laughs> I'm gonna go speed dating. I dump my 
boyfriend. She's not really fucking anybody. She's just looking for a good body for for Brian. She just keeps window shopping. Yeah, yeah. She's she needs she needs to put Paul Walker's body in a uh, brain in a body that she that she likes. Right. She's like, you're a brain dead idiot. I like you. Come home with me. <sighs> but she's she's really into fucking Elfman McMahon, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she also says in this in this scene when the cop asks everyone like, oh. Do you know what she's been up to? Uh, Denise Richards is like, well, I haven't talked to her in like a year. Yeah, they're like, we're a really close friends, except I haven't seen her in three years. <laughs> yeah, she's been so focused on her medical school, she basically doesn't even talk to us anymore, but we're her best friends. Yeah, right, because you want to know why? This this is like, like Catherine, that's why I get pissed off about her death, because like Catherine Heigl's like the actual adult who's like, look, guys, you can go to stupid you know your rich friends stupid high school parties for 30 year olds and speed dating bullshit like i'm gonna go get a career i'm gonna go right be awesome over here i'm gonna go get a career in medicine <laughs> i think that's why i don't like these people is because they're all just like these, these kind of lazy just boring vapid pieces of shit well with that said though joe she still turned down a kid in the middle school fucking Valentine's Day party, so she has to die for it. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, that's the only one I'm sad about. Like, she could have been something. She could have saved some lives, you know? You did something 13 years ago. I'll never forget it. <laughs> call him Pumpkinhead. <laughs> I, I would have welcomed Pumpkinhead in this movie. Imagine if it, they fucking buried Jeremy's corpse and he turned into fucking Pumpkinhead. But his head is like, it's it's like more heart-shaped and he's all red. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Rawhead Rex. I just think I figured it out. I know why Jeremy didn't go after the fucking bullies that beat him up. He he got Pumpkinhead to do that. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that was his real revenge. This was, you know, killing these other people was kind of just like a fantasy thing for him. He just wanted to do it. This is just a laugh. Oh, see, okay, you just cracked that fucking nut, didn't you? Yeah, so they got pumpkin-headed, and then he goes into, a, like, an alcoholic spiral, right? Right. And then he can't deal with living, and he thinks that, like, by killing the people, these, these women, that'll make him feel better? Is that what we're doing? Right, so he puts the Cupid mask on, and he, he yeah. disassociates with his body, and he just is like, no, I'm Cupid now, so it's okay. Right? Yeah. He keeps getting a few before Pumpkinhead does, and Pumpkinhead's like, Jesus, this guy's just, what he, he's so hyper-focused when he's drunk. <laughs> right? He's really motivated. He's looking at Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead's got his feet kicked up, you know. He had a long day. He only works at night. <laughs> he drink, he's drinking a fucking Mai Tai. I mean, he called me, but he's content with doing the, the leg work, so. <laughs> fucking more power to him. Just fucking clanks glasses with corpse fucker and fucking and spunk dar. They're all fucking down there having a fucking time. <laughs> no. Look at this little guy go. He's he's <laughs> Charnetsky comes in. They have like a pool table at the bottom of that mine shaft. It's the pool table in Dorothy's house. Or like like a yeah, like a card table and stuff. <laughs> what is this realm? This is like a pocket dimension that I do not want to travel to. <laughs> <laughs> I brought the chicken. Everybody looks at him. God damn it, Charnetsky. Who let this guy in again? Wizards aren't allowed here. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't serve your kind here. You're wizards. Get them out of here. So so this detective is basically like, well, if you hear anything, let us know, because we don't have any goddamn leads. Well, so here's my personal cell phone number, wink, wink. No, no, they have one lead, that Jason guy. Oh, yeah, the guy she went on a bad date with. Yeah, like, he's going to just kill fucking somebody. Jason's not going to be convicted of this murder. J Jason's an innocent man. <laughs> Jason's skipping town. Jason didn't do anything wrong. 
<laughs> but the beast. And <laughs> don't let him out. This is also where we're introduced to Dorothy's gigantic fucking mansion she lives in with her father. Yeah, and they never really go into this. They're just like, yep, she's rich, whatever. Well, they, she walks in, and there's just like this older guy running after this younger woman up the stairs. I'm like, is that her husband? Is her father? What the fuck is this? Oh, yeah, this weirdness where she calls the woman a mail-order bride. It's basically her dad's new girlfriend, and she's... Much younger than he is. I thought it was a fraternity house. Dude, this guy's like in his mid-60s and this woman's got to be like maybe 21. I, I thought it was a fraternity house at first. And I'm like, wait, are these people in high are in college or what are we doing here turns out it's just her house well i mean the way the rest of this film goes it's almost like you know they're they're like in their early 30s mid 30s but they're still living the fucking college life with the amount of partying that goes on yeah that's what i'm saying like they just never like grow up they're just still doing the same shit right right i'm still in my prime 33 come to find out she's living with her dad in this big fucking mansion and her loser uh, boyfriend, who she's only known for a month, but he's really good looking. This guy's a sack of shit, too. Yeah. I got kicked out of my apartment. My roommate didn't pay the rent. Can I live in your mansion? <laughs> <laughs> your roommate didn't pay the rent. That sounds like a your problem. And she's just like, uh, uh, yeah, okay, no problem. I'm so lonely because I'm the fat girl, even though I'm super attractive. Come on in. She's like, aren't you adorable? I'll call you Spike and I'll get you a water bowl. Also, I'm not going to let you just stay in my room. I'm going to give you your own separate room because we've got about 50 of them. Yeah. And the maid is like, oh, Miss Dorothy, like, make up a room. You got to ask your dad. She's like, I don't need to ask my dad. Just do it. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then the uh, the the fucking new bride, her new stepmother comes down. And I gotta tell you, this woman's like nineteen or twenty, and she's busting her balls. Her name's Kim, and they do not get along. It's fucking oil and water immediately. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. They're like going back and forth, and 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 Kim comes down, and she's like, oh, "Who's that? Your new boyfriend?" And she's like, "Hands off, bitch! Like he's mine, not <laughs> yours." And I'm like, "Do they have fights about this? About bringing dudes home?" Right. <laughs> He's my loser. He's my loser out, out, out on his ass. He's my puppy dog. Um, but then, like, she says some shit. She drops a fucking banger on her because uh, Kim's like, Kim's like, uh, oh, who, who, who are you fucking that dude or whatever? She's like, stay out of my sex life. She's like, I didn't know you had a sex life. And she's like, yeah, well, <laughs> when you're old enough to rent a car by yourself, <laughs> <laughs> then you can come, you know, then we can talk like adults or some shit like that. And he gets that woman so upset she starts talking in her native language. She fucking starts going off in Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> And then suntanned ass dad comes in. He's like, whoa, whoa. He's like, what's going on? He's like, respect my marriage. Ladies. This man looks like Kentucky Fried Chicken Extra Crispy, dude. <laughs> He's got the bleach blonde hair that's like fucking deep fried from sitting in the sun all day. <laughs> Come on, darling. I have to go back to the tanning bed. Uh, this man has more money than his grandchildren are going to know what to do with. Come on, honey. Ignore my daughter. Come up and suck my dick. Sorry, daughter. You didn't hear that. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna take her side because she blows me. So go fuck yourself, Dorothy. Bye. Enjoy your new whatever that is. Meanwhile, Dorothy's just like, ah, Dad, I don't need to hear about this. He's like, you're at my house, my rules, Dorothy. You will hear about my sex. I got Epstein waiting upstairs. Don't fucking bother me. <laughs> He's back. Where do you think she came from, man? He dropped her off. Airmail. <laughs> Dad and stepmom go upstairs. Uh, Dorothy gets another piece of mail. And uh, lo and behold, it's from someone signed uh, J.M. Another lovingly crafted card. Another Valentine. John Malkovich. This guy should just open a business. Like, he just, like, makes, I don't know, kind of pots, cards, all kinds of stuff. He's got amazing calligraphy. 
and then he signs his name like a fucking two-year-old. J W. Like he's like he like he signs it with the other hand, or like uses his feet to do it. <laughs> he has this red signature crayon. He's like, ah, oh, yes, the final touch. Oh, you know what it is? He goes into like an alcoholic stupor, makes the cards, wakes up from a hang with a hangover the next morning, and then signs his name. It's like his wax red wax red seal. <laughs> Yeah. J J W J W J M Melton. It's like memento, but it's only induced by alcohol. <laughs> He's gotta like look at his tattoos and remember who he is. What did I do last night? Oh, these Valentines. I don't know the contents of this card, but it was, not, it's, it was one more of like, you know, roses are red. You're dead. Yeah, it was just kind of to show that Dorothy also gets one because it goes right from that to Kate showering. So she hears a noise much like Shelly heard one, but this time it's in her apartment. And she grabs a towel and she gets out and she does exactly what Shelly did. Hello? 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 Who? Anyone there? I'm wine drunk, all right? Keep it down. And it's like, what, seven in the morning? She's like getting ready for work or some shit. Right. And the fucking front door is open and she's totally cool with it. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Also, you have you have to set up this reference for later. Uh, she leaves the iron on constantly, I guess, just randomly. She forgets to turn the iron off. That is also terrifying. What's wrong with you? That's the scariest part about this woman. She's just reckless. <laughs> But yeah, like you guys are saying, she goes outside because her door's just open, and she hears the uh, elevator door down the hallway just opening and closing repeatedly. So, still in her towel, she just goes down the hallway, bends down, and sees a little uh, Cupid mask stuck in the elevator door. Uh, you know, I don't get this. I thought that was kind of effective. No, no, it's awesome, but just... My door. I'm in the shower. My door's wide open. I'm gonna go outside in my towel and investigate. <laughs> right, yeah. What are you fuck are you talking about? No, no fucking way. And not only that, you know that there's a fucking nut living down the living down the fucking uh, hallway from you. Oh my god, Gary. Oh my god, another in the cavalcade of empty-headed dipshits. Like all these guys show up with these weird gimmicks too. Like one rhymes, one prefers himself in the third person. <laughs> he opens the door. He looks like fucking uh, Diet Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp zero. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> zero sugar, man. Yep. So he's like uh, no calories. Um, he's like he's like, hi Kate, want a date? You know would be you know it'd be uh, great if we date uh, Kate. Uh, you and I should meet Kate on a date. Whatever. And then she's like, Gary, you're scary. Bye. She goes back into her fucking apartment and the phone rings and she picks it up and there's a fucking AOL dial-up connection. <laughs> oh, no, no, that was Job. That was when he made his phone call to every phone in the world at the same time. <laughs> his war cry. Job, that, here's the thing. That phone call is going to take a long time because Job didn't realize <laughs> that, that, that the internet hadn't really advanced past 56K yet. Not yet. <laughs> Cable's a thing in the future. Yeah, that was like one of the final reverberations across the world. <laughs> Holy shit. Joe finally completed his call. It was 10 years later. We didn't start laying that fucking fiber optic cable yet. No, no. He's in there like, damn it! Son of a bitch! <laughs> 
I need more. Where's Pluto Nash? I need more fucking 20 hour discs. Well, it, well, you know, it goes from this tense scene with this creepo, like, looking down her fucking towel to Lily and Paige. Yeah. And Lily is fucking watching, like, a mail order tape of a guy, like, trying to get on a date with her. Were they still doing that in 2001? I, I guess they were, according to this movie. It was probably on DVDs, but yeah, probably still the same thing. According to 2001's Valentine, it was still happening. Fun fact, uh, I watched the tape for this, and, like, right in the beginning that you mentioned that there's like it's like dvd <laughs> it's come you can feel it i love old dvd ads oh man it was great they're so they're filled with like explosions and loud text and someone yelling at you feel the power see the greatness watch the matrix on dvd <laughs> They also start talking about this Valentine's card, don't they? No, they get a Valentine. Somebody knocks on the door, drops it off. Oh, that's right, yeah. And Lily grabs this box of chocolate. Yeah, and again, again, this time Lily, hello? Yeah. Hello? (laughs) Is anyone out there? No, they're gone. Come in, shoot me in the face. I'm yelling. I'm showing you that I have nothing to defend myself with. (laughs) Completely vulnerable. Okay, I'm shutting the door now. I'm letting you know exactly where I am. Okay, bye. Huh, chocolates from an unmarked box. No name. Let's let's chomp down into these suckers. I've never wronged anybody. Let's eat them. uh, JM, who's that? And she's like, well, what do you think, Denise Richards? You fucked everybody throughout the whole alphabet. Is it John Moxley? John- <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I gotta tell you, David Boreanaz is a hell of a fucking chocolatier, too, I gotta tell you. Uh, yeah. This guy learned a lot of talents in the insane asylum. <laughs> He took home at class. He baked, like, what, live maggots into this stuff? Well, he's, he, he's got that temperature just right. Yeah, seriously. He's like a little culture in there. He fucking, there's some, it's like a nougat mixed with maggots. I mean, it's either that or he had to call somebody up and order that and be like, hey, uh, <laughs> kind of a revenge thing on some exes who did me wrong. Can you put maggots in the chocolates if I pay extra? Hypothetically, if I asked you to put maggots in chocolate. One, can it be done? And two, how much will it cost me? Three, how discreet can you be? Price is no object. <laughs> so so Lily bites into this fucking thing, and her reaction to this is fucking hilarious. It's like fucking Tasmanian devil. Oh my god, I just laughed out loud. I thought it was so good. And then in the next scene, she's just like chugging orange juice, trying to get the fucking taste out of her mouth. Oh, I would be too. It's probably like all pulp. I guess Minute Maid was like, uh, had stock in this movie. Like that was the product placement deal because we see that fucking orange juice carton like nine times. Everybody said no except one. Who was it? Minute Maid. Oh, <laughs> and Corona. Yeah. TM. Uh, so, so when they're talking after this happens, they get they see that it was from JM and this is where Denise Richards is like, well, what about uh, remember what's his face Jeremy Melton from middle school I think it would have been him <sighs> and Lily's like what, what d- 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 who that fucking stupid nerd why would you mention that name I don't recall such an event it must have been important that pervert with the buck teeth duh <laughs> that we stripped Nick <laughs> Why is Denise Richards thinking about that kid? Uh, I, it's like the Devin's ghost situation. Everyone's like, "Yeah, you know that kid, Devin." Yeah, but like, I don't know, like because that conversation, the way they get there is like, ah, who could it be? Who could it be? And apparently, Denise Richards has slept with the entire city 
Jason Momoa. Uh, uh, no, she also has a script. Yeah, you know what? I think, Connor, she might have the script. She got it from our uh, from Daniel Baldwin. I was going to say our friend, but he's not really a friend of ours. He's just kind of this guy who shows up and just, like, forces himself upon you. He's kind of like an anti-hero. Do these people get these scripts like the Death Note? Like, it just falls out of the sky? <laughs> and, like... Yeah, it's like Trump in the new Death Note. It's fucking hand-delivered to him. Daniel Baldwin's just in their room all the time eating apples. Dealer's choice. It's just Daniel Baldwin's behind you eating apples <laughs> the whole time, but, like, really loudly and uncomfortably. He's like... Nong, 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 nong. Yeah, except Baldwin. Baldwin would be eating onions. That would be his fucking thing. In, like... <laughs> In sweatpants with a bottle of tequila. Just screaming in your ear with onions spattering into your fucking back. Don't mind me. I got no time for this. Don't fuck with me. I got nothing left to lose. Oh, you gross human being, Daniel Baldwin. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're trying to do like some intense puzzle that if you don't finish it, it's like some kind of saw trap that just rips your fucking head off. He's just screaming at you. (laughs) (laughs) With onion breath. Come on. Man, dude, you smell like fucking, you smell like a pizzeria and and a brewery. You smell like a fast food meal died. (laughs) You smell like White Castle and booze. It's like you rolled around in a fucking sub. <laughs> so 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 they're like so they deduce they go through all these stupid names like obviously you know people who could probably be and then they fucking land on Jerry Jeremy Melton and have a fucking quick reminisce about Mr. Nerd Boy and then he's like it could never be him that's stupid even though it's obviously him why would he have a reason to it's not like we made his life a living fucking hell we we didn't do anything wrong fuck him yeah we didn't get him to uh get sent to a military school or anything. Oh wait, that's that's a huge plot point too because like they really lean into like Dorothy saying she was attacked and like everybody attested to it, but nobody actually saw it. Right. What if Jeremy and Feng switched places and Feng came to this town and fucking Jeremy went to uh, Rick Moranis' hometown? <laughs> Could you imagine Tom Arnold stalking these women? I I think it'd be a very different movie. Oh my god, he'd be so loud. <laughs> he'd be like, "Hey, how you doing?" He'd be firing peas at them from the distance. Want to make horsehead bookends or what? Well, we cut to the we cut to the either it's that night or the next day. It's that night. Paige and fucking Kate are now at this club, this art club. No, it's like a it's an art exhibit by this guy Max who's Lily's friend. I guess. Next door to that guy from Runestone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking, because it's like, it's an exhibit, but everyone's drinking, you know, the liquor's flowing. This exhibit is obnoxious. I know. It's it's even worse than the fucking one from Runestone. I hate this. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, the one from Runestone, they're obviously, like, kind of parodying that kind of stuff, but you can almost still sit there and say, eh, like, maybe a third of this I can kind of into. Just from an aesthetic standpoint, this is just like, yeah, this is clearly just the stereotype of a, of an obnoxious modern day artist. Sure. With too much money and too much time on their hands. It's it's loud, obnoxious, pretentious audiovisual bullshit. We have like 10,000 LCD TVs. Let's put all different shit on every single one of them. An eyeball on this one, somebody's lips on this one, a fish flying in the air on this one. There's tons of uncomfortable close-ups to this guy's lips and his eye and just like his face. I'm like, I don't want to be that close to you. Get away. They make like a, they make like a uh, a point to just, I guess they are parodying, parodying it, Sean, because it's like, throughout the whole movie, they're like, yeah, we went to that guy's shitty art show. Right. And even the detective, even the detective's like, yeah, I know that guy, he's art as shit. Oh, that fuckwit. This artist, this guy Max, he's got like, the long stoner hair and the goatee and he's like just assuming right away that like everyone loves his art he's like yeah it's pretty cool right he's like up 
got to be pulled away for something. <laughs> oh, he's up his own fucking ass, dude. <laughs> for sure. And he's dating, uh, Lily's dating him currently. Is she? Oh, yeah. But is she, though? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she might be. He may not be. Yeah, well, he's definitely not. He thinks it's multiple choice. Yeah, he's like, menage a toi, question mark? Right, right. Jason is at this party? The guy from the beginning of the movie? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to be important. Yeah, and he's like a creeper. Yeah, and he's looking at Denise Richards and and Paige, and he's like, and he's like, hey, Jason likes artwork. Jason will creep. <laughs> Jason's going to just leer at you and not say a word, turn around, and leave the movie. Jason's going to go stand in a corner and masturbate. <laughs> he actually says that. He just says Jason the whole time. What do you like to do? She doesn't even try to chase him. She's just like, okay. And then she sees Campbell, and she goes up to him. She's like, oh. Where, uh, where, do you, where did you come from? And then Dorothy's like, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, have you met my boyfriend, Campbell? My live-in boyfriend. I met him at yoga. Have you met my pet boyfriend? <laughs> I met him at yoga. He's staying at my house. We're not even really seeing each other yet, and he's about to use me for my money. I don't even know his last name. What does he do for a living? He glues popsicle sticks together and sells them on the internet. <laughs> he has an internet website that he's, he, it's a big thing he's trying to make money on. Jeffrey. Jeffrey! He's making Blair Witch stick figures? Yeah, I'll buy one of them pentagrams. He's like running an internet scam. He's like telling her that. He's like, you know this is a scam, right, Dorothy? She's like, anything you say, Campbell, you know that's not my real name. Whatever you say. Good, as long as we're on the same page. Why is this woman so desperate? I think this is, that's what aggravates me about this character. Because she was the fat kid, Joe. She was the fat kid. I was fat once when I was a kid. Also, you're a beautiful woman with lots of fucking money. Stop being so clingy to these douchebags. Well, I don't think she has a lot of money. Papa does. It's all right. You know, who's going to get it? Kim or Dorothy? I don't. I mean, based on the way this film ends, I think Kim's getting it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yeah. She's she's Anna Nicole Smith in this whole thing. I'll suck that Kentucky Fried dick until it's dry. You know, Dorothy is just... I don't... Like, her character is so shitty. It's written like yeah. garbage. And her motives and her and her um, uh, presence is just trash. Her attitude sucks. It's really bad. And I'm like, you're... T- like, wh- where is this even coming from, you know? Right, and, like, this guy that she's with, just, just to kind of, like, send the point home... Is like to everybody she knows, it's obvious that this guy is not interested in her, and she's the only one that's like defending him constantly. Like, oh no, he's my man. I've known him for a, a, a month, but we're together. We're soulmates. Yeah, because that's not creepy. He's my bro. He's my dude. I let him stay at my house. So before they can really talk too deeply on this, Max give, makes an announcement, and he, he, you know, deep thoughts with Max. <laughs> Valentine's Day. What's it all about? What does it mean? <laughs> Now enter my maze of love. Don't get lost. Men to the left, women to the right. Right, because it's like some kind of blind date experiment. It's close. uh, Man, this is the most, like, artsy, highbrow garbage. Isn't it pretentious? I hate it. It's pretentious as shit. And, like, okay, if this was in a different movie where you're trying to say something, I get it. But this is it's just here to, I don't know what, act as a... Pretty cool backdrop for a kill. The, the worst part about it is that one screen at the end of, like, one of the walkways was just this guy's lips, and he's like, love me, love me, yeah. love me. Yeah, over and over again. What do you like to do? What do you like to do? <laughs> what do you like to do? What do you consume for sustenance, human? <laughs> love me. Love me. They split up, you know, and uh, 
this is the part where we see Lily making out with Max and then his fucking assistant walks over and she's like watching from the distance like in a porno and starts like taking her shirt off. Oh, she's getting fucking down with it, man. It's like she's already involved without being involved. She's getting down with the sickness. And Lily's like, whoa, 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 what, what, what's happening here? He's like, I invited her. She's like, what? He's like, yeah, why? Uh, you have a problem? She's like, you're a goddamn scumbag. And he's like, yeah, but you knew that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. And she goes, so? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that answer. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, he says something like, we're not in high school anymore, okay? We're going to have threesomes. She's just like, so's your mom and walks away. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like an unsaid thing she should just be okay with. Like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we're, yeah, you're right. Exactly, Max. We're grownups now. We have the sex. Don't be so suburban. I'm an artist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, And yeah, Lily, Storm, Lily storms off. She storms off to her death. Let's be honest. Uh, this is my favorite kill in the movie. Man, this is fucking really good. This is some American Psycho shit. It's awesome. I I think this, in my opinion, this is better than that scene. This is like the most giallo part of the film. Yeah. In my opinion. I, it's just, it's shot really well. It's effective. All Most of the kills in this movie are really good. Well, I think, I also think it's better because in American Psycho, he just drops a chainsaw and then you just see you're dead. In this one, we get every hit and then this woman fucking eats shit. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Well, let's let's not sell it short because she's going around this maze trying to find her way out. And if you notice, uh, the killer's like pushing fucking walls together, so she's so he's like forcing her into to go into a certain direction. Yep, and then he gets his uh, best Thomas Jane Punisher fucking pose, <laughs> <laughs> and he fires that arrow right in her fucking chest. She's like, "Oh, you're a ranger class too." When that fucking arrow, that first one goes through her, I was like, oh shit, that was sick. I didn't realize, I didn't remember that they showed it. And then he loads up another one, and that one goes right through her. <laughs> I really appreciate a bow and arrow in a slasher movie. Dude, she gets Boromir'd. <laughs> I tried to take it from him. <laughs> the taking of the hobbits to Isengard. She gets three fucking bolts, or, or arrows rather, through her fucking stomach. And the sound design in them is awesome. The, every time the impact is loud. It's it just shot really well. Like, even, like, like the bow being pulled back and the arrows and the nosebleed and all that shit. Yeah, and, the, like, the third one's like a fucking tech arrow. It fucking takes her over a balcony. <laughs> oh, man, she fucking backflips over a balcony into a fucking dumpster, and then the lid closes. It's fantastic. Everything about it. It's great. And they show the fall and everything and, like, the impact and everything. Yeah. She went to Los Angeles. <laughs> I had dinner with her last week. <laughs> While she's being murdered, um, Dorothy gets accosted by this woman, Ruthie, who is like, oh, oh, what's he telling you his name is this time? She's literally there to do this. This woman's spending her time going place to place and just be like your boyfriend sucks like she tracks this guy down and she appears in the movie just for that exposition that we don't need because we already know something's up yeah i think her character is overkill for that plot point because right. she shows up just to say that every time and is literally there just to get killed even though she has one of the coolest deaths in the movie yeah, yeah she does yeah 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 anyway she's like yay He's gonna rob you blind. He me, he just wants your trust fund. He never he didn't get my money back from that internet scam. I think it's funny though because like she even like spells it out. To, like Dorothy is in such denial that she's like he's he's doing an internet scam. <laughs> you are being goofed. And then later Dorothy's like, "Yay, he just wanted some money to start up his internet business thing." 
no big deal, whatever. You uh, told him your social security number? Well, yeah, why not? Yeah, and my credit cards. And your routing number? Yeah, and and you gave him all, all the right to sign away your money? Well, what's wrong with that? And he has a spare key. I love him, and he loves me, too. I gave him a watch. I gave him a treat Yeah, a fucking Rolex, for crying out loud. <laughs> she dangles <laughs> over him like a dog. She's like, here you go, boy. I had I had unsatisfying sex with him. Oh, my God, when we get to that part. We're, 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 we're almost there. <laughs> so then we go to this scene after this party or this uh, art show where Lily gets killed, too. Now Kate and Adam having you know, dinner together, and Adam like, yeah, you know, this isn't like an actual date, but it's kind of like a date, right? I'm only gonna be here for the next five minutes, so we better get it over with. He's like, we could do this, we could get back together. And and, and again, they're just dragging this out, like, well, I want to get back together, but remember, you're an alcoholic, so I'm still not really sure if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't drank anything in three weeks. Give me a club soda. And, and it's kind of just like, how many times can we remind the audience that this guy, like, yeah, he might seem nice, but he is a fucking drunk that can't control himself. Yeah. We're going to remind you every 20 minutes, just in case you forgot. Yeah, Adam, your drinking problem. I love how this comes full circle at the end. I mean, we'll get to it, but. Yeah. So, so then they're, they're, don't they all, the, the detective shows up? At one of their houses? Yeah, they're at someone's house first. It's probably Dorothy's because they like to converge there because it's big and they have all the free food there. Why would we hang out anywhere else? I, this is true. Margarita's there. She's fucking serving everybody drinks. <laughs> yeah, she's she's wondering about that washing machine, seeing if that fucking strange woman's going to crawl through it again. <laughs> she just keeps looking at it every day. She's like, it's the damnedest thing. There's a fucking padlock on that washing machine. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just hear something banging on it. Somebody's knocking. I don't need anybody else crawling through there after the last one. Somebody let me in! Um, I don't, I don't remember why they're at this person's house. The, de- the, the detective is there asking them questions. No, because Vaughn found uh, the, the JM note at Shelley's, and uh, he's, he's like, oh, in case you guys, uh, you know, if this strikes a memory or anything, does this mean anything to you? And they're all like, as a matter of fact, we each individually got all the same exact <laughs> thing, basically. And he's like, huh, <laughs> kind of interesting. Isn't that weird? We might want to we might want to file that away for later. He goes, you guys all got a fucking threatening letter with the initials J.M., just like that Jason guy. And none of you airheads thought it was any way, in any way suspicious. And two of your friends are dead. But you didn't feel like that was important to tell me. They just blink at him. What? And they were just like, I thought it was a joke. I don't know. Dorothy's like, well, I don't think it's him. I think it's Jeremy, uh... Melton. Jeremy Melton. And they're like, who... He's like, who's that? And they're like, well, it's just kid that we said we wouldn't dance with. And he's like, huh. Well, pretty sure it's that guy then. Uh, I'm sure as the whole story, you're not leaving anything out. He wants to get Jason. That's his whole thing. He's like, if we got this guy locked down, I think you guys are going to feel a lot safer. Oh, yeah, dude. That's classic cop shit. Like, well, that starts with a J and we need a suspect. So we're going to pin it on that guy. Well, his name's Jason Marquette. That's the whole thing. Right, right, right. Conveniently. In the same conversation that this is where Dorothy thinks it's Jeremy and they're kind of just like, you're crazy. Why would it be him? And then Paige is like, no, I kind of said the same thing earlier. But we're not, we don't know. He, he hasn't been around in a while. Maybe he got plastic surgery. <laughs> that is a wild thing to come up with. That doesn't... Just on the fly. They don't talk about that yet, but I want to talk about that when they get there. But 
they think it's Jeremy. Dorothy has like a guilty conscience, and she and they think it's Jeremy. Mel- they think it's Jeremy Melton, or she thinks it's Jeremy Melton, and she's like, "You guys don't understand. I I sent him away. Like we sent him away to a mental hospital, man." Yeah, because she. T- <laughs> She tells Paige and Kate, and they're both, like, horrified. Like, what do you mean he didn't actually assault you? She's like, I got scared. Yeah. I said the wrong thing. She's like, oh, they didn't attack me. And here's where this first, here's where this fat thing comes into play, because she's like, you guys wouldn't understand. (laughs) That's because I was fat. I was fat. And Jeremy wanted to kiss me, and when the attractive guys came up, I lied and panicked. Remember when I was fat? Yeah, how could we forget? I could have told the guidance counselor or the police or my parents that I just got scared and said the wrong thing, but instead, I let some kid get shipped off to military school and he turned into a big fuck-up. Then he went to juvie, and then he was in a mental <laughs> asylum. Can you believe it? All over a fucking moon rock. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck to my guns, but guess what? Let me let you in on a little secret. He didn't attack. Me, I lied. Oops. That's fucked up. This shatters Paige's and Kate's fucking world. They're just like, what? What do you mean? And then, like, for for as fucking shocked and uh, what's the word I want to look for? Despaired by this news, they are. Denise Richards gets over it within about a minute flat. She's very just blasé about everything. She's like, whatever. It's not like he'll come back or anything. It's probably not him. Even though people are dying. I can't see him holding on to that anger. Even though I'm the only other character that's put this idea forward, I'm going to immediately think it's not him later in the film. She brought it up. She's the first one who brought it up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, she was the one that was kind of floating that earlier. Now that it's like, well, Dorothy, you are fat, so... You're kind of changing my opinion on this. Then she kind of just wants to forget about it. Like, now you're making too much sense. Stop it. Bye. It's just very forced, the whole thing. Like, Oh, it feels very, very, very forced. Denise Richards is very much just like after learning how Dorothy essentially did all that. You know, even if, you know, it's a little kid, you know, shit, shit happens. But with that all said, Denise Richards is just like, well, it's water under the bridge. She doesn't care. And then we cut to Kate, uh, I guess, back at her job working. And uh, she's like kind of falling asleep in a chair. Because and- <laughs> she's searching... Jeremy's name on the internet. Oh God, that must take forever. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and she's like been looking at it for so long. She's like falling asleep. Is this woman like a litigation officer or something? Because she I... she has a file on Jeremy Melton. I don't. Maybe. I mean, you never actually learn what she does for a living. Her and Denise Richards are just kind of like, yeah, they're just there. You don't know what they do. If I did something like that to somebody, I'd want to folder on them too later on. Fucking re- revenge, uh, pl- uh, you know, armor. <laughs> I know, but like. I paused the the movie because they show like this folder. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And they only show it for a second. I paused it, and it's like this whole dossier. Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole report on the incident, and it's like, and it's like everybody claimed that like, uh, Jeremy became like super violent and was like resisting authorities, and he like started the brawl with the seven kids and like attacked all these people. Like they cut out the scene where she did all the research. Like she just automatically has this dossier. Exactly. I'm like, where the fuck did she get that? Daniel Bowen gave it to her. Again, yeah, just like the script, he handed over the dossier, he said, don't lose this, you're going to need it in about 40 minutes. He walks over to a cubicle with, like, an onion in his mouth and just hands it to her. Where do you think that tequila came from? It wasn't coincidence. No, no. <laughs> he just leaves them wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, fucking portal opens up and his hand comes out, drops on her desk. There you go. You just hear... <laughs> 
in the background. <laughs> so from behind her, Adam comes up and like grabs her on the shoulders and scares the shit out of her. And she's like, oh my God, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, we were supposed to have dinner together. Again. Oh, uh, were we? Oh. If you couldn't figure it out, this is when he starts just like, he makes a hard left and just starts acting very shifty. Yeah. He's like, boo, did I frighten you? Ha 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 ha. We were supposed to have a mundane, another mundane conversation about my drinking problem. And then she's like, it's the damnedest thing. You remember Jeremy Melton? <laughs> We think he's trying to kill us. He, he killed two of our friends, we think. He just gulps. Right? I forgot that this happens, too. So I'm like, okay, no David Bornianis is Jeremy Melton. And she spills the beans to him. And she and he's like, wow, that's, maybe it is him. Could be. Let's go to Mexico. I mean, from the perspective of knowing that he is, you know, this Jeremy in the long run, like, what do you think his character's thinking right there? Like, thank God she's the only one I don't want to kill. Or else they'd be sticking her head in between my fucking arms and just holding it down until her head pops. Give it a good old yank. Well, she's like the... He, he's, like, obsessed with her, right? Because she said maybe to me on the dance floor. That means yes. <laughs> that means I shouldn't kill that one. How did he pursue her? That's what I'd like to know. They never go into that. Like, you know, clearly he, uh, he found her, first of all, somehow... He wooed her, and now, uh, you know, obviously they're on the rocks at the moment due to his drinking, probably due to his psychosis, Mm -hmm. uh, which he clearly doesn't, you know, have any sympathy for. I was going to say, he's a pretty well-put-together guy for how fucked up his origin story is. He's Ray Finkel. Yeah. He fucking found a body of, he found David Boreanaz's body, (laughs) he took the technology from fucking Terry Kaiser, and there you go. We gotta make sure that, uh, Adam knows that he's been got, but no one knows that he's been got. To the police station where Vaughn's like, okay, uh, didn't get enough information from you yesterday, so I'm glad you came here. Uh, got anything else? Nope. What about that guy you're dating, Dorothy, that I just met? (laughs) He asks these women like nine times, like, okay, so you got any boyfriends? Do you have any enemies? What about enemies? I'm basically trying to figure out which one of you is a single so I can take you into my office and try to stick my willy up your (laughs) yoo-haw. Which one's the promiscuous one? I think it's you, Denise Richards. That's what your friends are saying anyway. You're giving me the bedroom eyes. You feel that tension in my dick? And then he's like, uh, tell me what it looks like. I'll punch into my magic face computer. (laughs) Oh my, okay. So he has a picture of, (laughs) he's like, I want to show you something. And he has a picture of Jeremy Melton all beat the fuck up as a kid. And he's like, look at my magic Photoshop. (laughs) And then he turns him into fucking Kyle McLaughlin with like a, beard and an afro and glasses with like five clicks (laughs) it's like mr potato head or this and he's like this is what he might look like we don't actually know for sure but it's an estimate he goes or this or this or this or this hat and these glasses it's been 10 years ladies we have no idea what he looks like they give him a red nose they give him a rainbow afro Hey, you know, you never know. He could be a fucking clown. We don't know. A little devil's mustache. He looks like Kyle McLaughlin. So then they get on this big kick about Dorothy's boyfriend. They're like, okay, so his name's Campbell. What's his last name? He seems suspicious. She's like, um, check, please. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, I don't know. Fuck you. Don't ask me that question. I have places to be all of a sudden. She gets so defensive about it. And it's like, well, he's not the killer, but he's also a criminal. So Right, right. But he might be the killer, like, if you don't know the twist. (laughs) Maybe, but it can't be because 
I just, because I love him. Right. He's my boyfriend. So then Vaughn excuses everybody, but he's like, Denise Richards, hold on, stay in my office. She's like, okay. I heard you were recently single. Well, he, well, first he's like creeping up on her. He sits like incredibly close to her and he, she's like, uh, what do you want me to stay behind for? He's like, we need to take care of this. She's like, excuse me? He's like, this, uh, this sexual tension in the air between us. <laughs> God, the way he words this, this, uh, sexual tension. I'm like, oh, God, I want to burn my skin off. Oh, man, it's so ugly. She's like, detective, take your hand off my thigh. And But you can't see that, and that makes it even creepier. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, what do you, where do you want me to put it? And she's like, stick it up your ass. Yeah. She's a badass. She's like, stick it up your ass. And she fucking leaves. And he's like, oh, she'll be back. I'll be here. Jerking off. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Saucy. She's she's hard playing hard to get. Bobo Bobo. Bobo Bobo indeed. Before I seemed like a guy who's just trying to find out who murdered a woman. Now I'm just a scumbag piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just trying to fuck. Uh and find the killer, you know, sort of. But but trying to fuck, too. You know, all men in this film are scumbags, so I didn't want to, you know, break the streak. He's in the cavalcade. I couldn't just be a decent guy, or a decent person, not even just a decent guy. Yeah, right, exactly. The bare minimum. He's like the final boss of all these douchebags, like he has all their gimmicks rolled into one. Oh, well, then we go to, you know, we go back to Kate's fucking apartment after this, and they, they kind of try to trick you because they show that iron being left on again, you're like, ah... Kate, what are you doing? Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, Cupid picks this fucking thing up and starts heading into the bedroom. <laughs> and we get a great callback here because earlier when uh, Kate and Adam are having dinner, she's like, yeah, some of my underwear has been going missing. Do you know anything about that? And he's like, hey, he's like, yeah, try them on sometimes. See what it feels like. He's like, yeah, I have no idea what happened to your underwear. <laughs> and so we cut to this fucking scene and Gary down the hall is trying on fucking this woman's underwear in her apartment. Scary Gary's going full leather face, man. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Cupid's like, this is a fire hazard. And beats the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, man. He fucking marves this dude. Well, first he gets him in the face like grilled cheese. Yeah. <laughs> And then he's, like, hitting him with the iron, and then I guess he gets bored of that, and he just, like, takes the fucking wire of the iron and starts whipping him with that. He starts feeling froggy. He's like, all right, let's go. He starts fucking swinging it around like a fucking bolo, and he's, like, hitting him in the fucking head with it. And when he comes in, the guy, Gary's like, whoa, what the fuck? Who are you? He's like, ah, he's like, no, leave me alone. He's like, I'm not doing what it looks like. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I got problems, man. <laughs> What are you doing breaking into this girl's house? Right? He's like, only I could break into this house, not you, Gary. I was here first. So, Gary ascends. <laughs> what is he, the fucking butler for the wizards? Like, that's the best he could do? <laughs> On this day, he achieved sainthood? Like, <laughs> tiny Gary, man. You know what? Oh my god, Christ. Let's hope not. <laughs> to the Council of Garys in the sky. <laughs> the Gary Citadel? <laughs> Yeah, Gary from... Well, we got two at least now. We got the one from fucking uh, Holiday Switch and now from uh, this film. It's like it's like the kids' table. They're not getting a lot of work done, let me tell you that much. I mean, Uncle Gary Busey's definitely not getting any work done. No. He, he's too busy building silver bullet enhancements. Yeah, no, he's still, he's still in his laboratory f f figuring out werewolf technology. He's gonna have fucking Corey Haim in a goddamn mech by the time he's done. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, Gary dies, and, um, 
I guess he cleans it all up before before she gets home, before Kate gets home. And then like right. David Boreanaz is like on her stoop ringing her bell, and he's like, "Oh, I I uh, 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 I, I came over to give you a gift." This was the first time I was like, "Wait a second, they're trying to fucking tell me something," because the way that that scene previously wraps up. Uh, and her coming in is like right after each other, and he comes out of the building and is like put, you know, tucking his shirt back in. He's all winded. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, I just got here, and you weren't home, so I'm leaving." But he's like all out of breath. Yeah, yeah. The the editing is showing the hand a bit because there's lots of instances where he just pops back up right after the shit happens, and no one ever questions it. I mean, to be fair, the the characters in the film would have no reason to question him about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but is this more of a will-they-won't-they they thing? I feel like it's every conversation they have. Uh, no. Well, because na- now it's actually Valentine's Day. <gasps> and he's like, it's Valentine, TM. <laughs> he looks the camera. <laughs> Wink. He's like, I got you something. And he pulls like, what is this, like a Sailor Moon wand out of his fucking pocket? <laughs> He's like, happy Valentine's. Here's a lollipop. I gave you a scepter. And she's like, ah, uh, ooh, ah, uh, yeah, you know what? I, uh, you got a piece of paper. I got you something. And then, like, uh, let me write on your back. And she writes him a fucking IOU. For TLC. Uh, TLC. And hands that to him. Hell tied you over, big boy. Is she gonna, like, buy him concert tickets or something? Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to go. I'll pay it forward, friendo. He's like, ah, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to put this in my pocket and take it out later at a very opportune time. I really thought about this gift and you gave me a piece of paper out of your purse. <laughs> it's the receipt for Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> so yeah, she's so she's he's like, "Will you be my date at Dorothy's party tonight? Be my Valentine TM?" and he's she's like, "Yep, bye." And then she, that's it. That's the scene. She goes up to her apartment and she sees the iron sitting there and she's like, "Wait, that's okay, that's weird that's sitting there." She's like, "Wait, I never turn it off and wrap it up. I never do that. <laughs> it's always on." <laughs> I'm expecting that to be burning the fucking ironing board when I get home. <laughs> So weird. There better be steam coming off that fuck. Usually I jump for the fire extinguisher to put it out, and, you know, it just doesn't feel right. I wasn't able to do that today. <laughs> just like, how do you put your fucking pants on if you can't turn the iron off? She, you know, she's leaving it for Adam to turn it off for. But, like, even if she did leave it on and it was sitting up like that, unless it falls over, it's not going to do anything. No, yeah, for sure. Definitely still a safety hazard. Yeah. Yeah, no, sure. I wouldn't want to just think about it all day. Like, hmm. She, she walks into a dark appoint- apartment and fumbles to the dark and falls on it. <laughs> Oops. I have finally paid for this really poor decision. It's always on, even through the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, she's definitely alarmed that it's off because she grabs a baseball bat when she hears a sound and the door opens to her left and Denise Richards walks in and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And she's like, oh, oh my God. Are you telling me? That that whole time, it was like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, like she was taking a shit <laughs> in her bathroom. Right. Because how did she get in there? If David Boreanaz was just in there, killing Gary and putting him wherever, because he's not, he's obviously not there. Yeah, imagine that. He he kills Gary, yeah. <laughs> and then he hears the door open while he's like moving the body, and he stopped, and he's like totally still, and he just looks, and it's just Denise Richard just like blasting ass as she rushes to the bathroom and just unloads her Chipotle into the toilet. <laughs> 
They make eye contact and have like an unspoken agreement to never speak of it. Well, no, she doesn't see him because she's in such a goddamn hurry, and he just like kind of like yeah. He he takes his damn time because he can tell she's gonna be in there for a while, and just you know, cleans it up slowly, shuts the door behind him as he just hears just you know explosions hitting the backside of the toilet. Oh my god! And uh, that's why he was in such a hurry when he went outside and was like still tucking his shirt in. This is canon. This is canon. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you need something, if you need something to hook you on our show. <laughs> There's an episode where we talk about Denise Richards taking a giant shit. If that wasn't it. <laughs> Move it up. That's the show about Denise Richards. Poop it. That was one of the best poop jokes I've ever heard in my entire life. So then she, you know, of course, after she's done, you know, uh, evacuating her anal cavity, she comes out, almost gets hit in the face by her best friend. And it's just like, yeah, you know, that guy grabbed my thigh, that cop, you know? <laughs> she doesn't even give Kate a second to, to talk. She's just like, that fucking guy felt my leg. He wanted to fuck me. I told him to fuck himself. I had to tell you, so I broke in. Where's the vodka and orange juice? I need the Minute Maid regis- registered trademark. Well, and she's like, oh, okay. Oh, thank God. And uh, now we go back to Dorothy. Yeah. This is just, like, sad. This whole thing. Paige and um, <clears throat> Kate are talking in the living room, and the phone rings, and the detective's like, uh, oh, no, it's Dorothy first, and she's like, they questioned Campbell, and did you tell him his last name? Like, how did they find him? And she's like, uh, I don't know. He's a detective. She's like, well, <laughs> he can't leave the, the, the state or whatever. Of all people, Campbell. Yeah, can you believe it? The man I'm in love with is being pegged. He's so lazy, I'm sure he didn't do it. And, um... She basically drops one of those things on. She's like, you're just jealous, and you gave him his last name. She's like, you don't even know his last name. How do I know his last name? <laughs> his name is his name's Campbell Campbell. Campbell's Campbell. It's Campbell's Soup, clearly. Yeah, obviously. It's like the Campbell's Soup kid. That's who's running around, the sheriff. That's who he's pretending to be, at least. I, I could see that. So then Dorothy hangs up, and then like before they can even do anything else, the fucking phone rings again, and they're like... Oh, it's Dorothy again, and they put it on speaker, and Denise Richards is like, yeah, you need a fucking hand with that, and it's Vaughn. He's like, hi, it's Vaughn, and Denise Richards is like, ugh. (laughs) And she's like, oh, great, sending him the wrong messages again. And uh, he basically is like, yep, we got Jason Marquette locked up. We're going to interrogate him, so you guys can rest easy. Yeah, so now we go back to Dorothy's house, and Campbell's, like, fixing her hot tub. And he's like, I'm going to have this baby old fucking fired up for later for the, for your fucking Valentine's Day party that's basically just like a bunch of teenagers that are 40. <laughs> it does look like a very high school party. Also, it's, I'm, I'm glad to know Campbell at least has a skill. He's very handy, isn't he? Well, he's a con man, so he has to be. Yeah, he has, he's got to be good at everything. He, he has to be. He has to be a fucking Swiss Army knife. So she ends. she's like, I wanted to give you something for Valentine's Day. So she gives him a fucking watch. And then, like, starts making out with him, and he's like, okay, this is easier than I thought. (laughs) I'm going to have all this woman's money. Well, then she tries to fuck him, and it cuts to them in the bed naked, and she looks, like, really disappointed. (laughs) And she's like, I'm going to shower. He's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. She's like, yeah. So did did he just fucking shoot? Or did, like, he can't get hard? I don't think he... I, I think he couldn't get it up. That's the whole thing. He's not attracted to her. That's crazy. And that's why, I, like, I almost kind of feel bad for her because... Yes. You know, she clearly doesn't have a high self-esteem to begin with. But also, like, 
drop this fucking loser. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, so that's another layer, because I wasn't sure. I was like, well, is it because he came fast or because he couldn't get it up, one or the other? Um, if he couldn't get it up, then, oh my god, that's got to be, like, crippling for her. Space Needle became a Space Noodle. <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, he doesn't give a shit. That's the that's the biggest thing. So she's like, fuck this, I'm going to take a shower. So she's taking a shower, and um, she comes out, and he's like, hey, here's your gift that I just got out of my bag and didn't wrap it or anything. And it's a necklace. It's like a Cupid necklace, conveniently. Right, and then she's like, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. This isn't weird. And, he's, and she's like, oh, you want to fuck me now in the shower? And he's like, uh, I got a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got stuff to do. I have lots of places to be in the next hour. I got to get in a quick workout, and then I got a meeting, and then uh, I'll, I'll see you at the party. I got to stay limber. What? In fact, I uh, need to go downstairs under the pool and fix the pilot light right now. <laughs> no, he goes downstairs to, like, fucking argue with his banker? Yeah, with his... <laughs> what do you mean you can't put all the money in? Yeah, I am the owner of the account. Here's my social security number. I was born in San Francisco. Don't fucking tell me where I was born. I'm... I'm... Yeah, my name's Dorothy. What do you gotta say about it? <laughs> Just move it over for Christ's sake. And then she's like, yeah, the pilot's out. Can you fix it? And he's like, son of a bitch, now I'm the fucking servants too. He's like, <laughs> yes, honey. She calls downstairs on the intercom. It's such a weird thing. Is it done yet? And then he, like, goes down. They're all pissed in his fucking robe. Like, I can't believe I got to go down into the Pennywise hell to fucking fix this. (laughs) (laughs) Go away, kid. I don't want to hear about your boat today. Where's the fucking paraffin? Yeah, Georgie's in the corner crying. (laughs) Hey, Georgie. Arms already ripped off. He's like, ah, another time, kid. I'm busy. I got a pilot light to light up. But, Bill. Shut up. So you're telling me David Boreanaz is just going to... Okay, so he's at Dorothy's house in his in his Cupid regalia. This guy lights this pilot light, and he's like, yep, still got it, fucking A. Um, and then gets an axe to the back, which is really cool because they show that. They show that entirely. Yeah, and the sound he makes is really fucking funny. He's like... So you're telling me David Boreanaz just stayed here the entire time? Just camped out in her basement? Yeah, like, what did he do on that? Well, he had to move the body into, like, that side room, that spa area. Yeah, he put him in the sauna, underneath that fucking sauna bench, and then... Yeah, right, right. I guess just fucking kicked it. I mean, that's a popular spot, as we saw in Blood Rage last season. This is true. He's, like, hiding downstairs. He's like, no one will ever find me, and then, get like, what's-his-face walks down. He's like, shit! He's not even hiding. He's, like, he's smoking cigars. He's drinking cognac, sitting by the <laughs> fire in the fucking den. Well, he probably just hangs out down there. He's got his fucking suit, you know, hung up on a, on one of the pipes. He's like, eh, three or four more hours to the party. I'll go up there. I'll act like I just got there. Exactly. He's puffing a c- cigar through the mask. <laughs> He's trying to drink through it. I love that. I love that visual. And it's just running down the front of the, the mask. Um, well, because the next scene is the party's already going. Yeah. And it's rocking, baby. Oh, yeah. We're kicking up with some fucking... What is that? Is that the Static X song? Uh, yeah. Right. It's Yeah. This is where Love Dump is. And this is where the soundtrack gets really egregious. <laughs> it sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> like, I don't know... <sighs> It's such an odd choice, and everybody looks like they're super uncomfortable not having a good time. And also, it all aged like dog shit, so it's like, it comes on, you're like, what is this fucking noise? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And Denise Richards still 
dances badly. She hasn't learned. Nope. Yeah, also, who plays that shit at a party? What's the matter with you? That's what I'm saying. Why aren't we kicking up, like, fucking... I don't know. Uh, what's out in 2001? Let's get some people on the dance floor with some Disturbed. And wouldn't these people be listening to fucking... 90s music? Probably. Ideally, you would think, right? They're just blasting two princes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, they got some spin doctors on. They got fucking, um, I don't know, Spice Girls? I don't know. Not this shit. I know that much. Not Static X. <laughs> well, you know, this is also the part of the movie where where finally all the, all the different main characters' plot points either are totally dropped or converged. There's really no in-between. Uh, because Denise Richard, she's waiting on her date. Uh, Dorothy's kind of like, well, where the fuck is, uh, my boyfriend who's scamming you, who is now dead and I'm unaware of. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, they, they still don't know that Lily's dead. They think she's in L.A. <laughs> and Kate is just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I want to get back together with Adam, but I don't want to get together back with Adam because he can't put the fucking bottle down. And Dorothy's just like, shut the fuck up while she's lamenting over a plate of chicken wings. <laughs> Who cares about your problems? I have problems. <laughs> Who cares about your problem? Oh, you're just so perfect with your perfect boyfriend. <laughs> I hate myself. She's nibbling on those things like Mayor Pete nibbling on a Cinnabon. <laughs> it's ugly, but she gets it. She gets the job done. So, are we calling this guy a uh, Vince Elfman or Danny McMahon? Uh, you take your pick, man. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Danny McMahon is uh, interesting. I'll go with that because he shows up finally. Well, Boreanaz comes in first, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because he's got to come up from the basement where he killed the other guy. Yeah. I, I can now. I can see this in my head, right? Like he's like, "Well, time to go to the party," and he like fucking like you know smacks fucking uh, Campbell on the cheek and like goes upstairs. <laughs> like he, he does a better job of Mrs. Doubtfiring it. Than and Mrs. Doubtfire does. Because <laughs> like, he's also hitting the sauce, just like Robin Williams is in that movie. Oh, yeah, man. He's talking to Campbell like fucking Haggerty from Elves. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, think about if he fucked up and he just like came back up with the fucking Cupid mascot and he sits down and he's like, oh, oh my God, Kate. It's like so fucking exhausting. He has on his party outfit, but the mask is still on. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the trench coat on and like gloves. And then the next time he comes back, he's just got the mask on and, like, a fucking Hawaiian shirt or whatever the fuck he's wearing. I was about to say, a fucking Hawaiian shirt is definitely what he's wearing. <laughs> Adam's there, and he cashes in his fucking IOU, and she's like, you know, duly noted, and they start making out. But, uh, remember, folks, this will come and, you know, this is going to come back again, believe it or not, in about ten minutes. Yeah. So Denise Richards is dancing badly. And Danny McMahon comes in, and he's like, hey, babe. She's like, you came. And he's like, sure did. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> he's like, this is my private life. It's <laughs> <laughs> something dangerous I like. <laughs> and Denise is like, yeah? And he's like, yep, come up to my room. She's like, why? He's like, there's going to be a surprise. And she's like, I love surprises. <laughs> so they go up there, and they're in the fucking bedroom making out, and Denise is like, all right, you're going to show me that surprise? He's like, yeah! <laughs> and he, uh, he just drops his pants, and she's like, okay, so uh, what's the surprise? He's like, huh? Huh? She's like, oh, your penis. She's like, wow, your <laughs> yo dick is small. He's like, he's like, well, be impressed. Look at it. And she's like, yeah, you, your dick, it, okay. He doesn't just say, look at it. He's like, all right, wax it. <laughs> And so that that was it. Like you lost her at that point. Like if you had a shot in the dark, it ain't happening now, pal. I don't know what she's waiting for, right? She ain't even gonna pity fuck him at that point. No, but like she's waiting. Okay, she's obviously interested because she's still sitting there. She's waiting to see what he does next. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, "Well, are you gonna wax it?" <laughs> 
No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure, buddy. Lay down. Yeah. <laughs> said no one ever. Like, <laughs> let me take out my retainer first. <laughs> like, come on, buddy. Has anybody in the history of people said that to someone? Get to the waxen. Yeah. Bop my baloney. That's like a record scratch. She's like, okay. <laughs> Um, so she has him lay in the bed, and then she restrains him. Um, it's a great scene. Climbs on top of him and grabs the hot candle and pours wax on his dick, right? Oh, man. Yep. So good. It's a great scene because she's just like, yeah, do you want me to wax it? And he's like, yeah, baby, wax that fucking dingus. And there's just lit candles all over this room, by the way. It's a Valentine's party. It's a fucking fire hazard. I have to say, it's one hell of a way to get a UTI. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, there's no way he didn't come out of that unscathed. No. Well, sir, I'm, I'm sorry. Your privates are encased in wax temporarily. He's got to open it like a fucking thing of Gouda. They got to fucking chisel him out. <laughs> He's sitting there praying the whole time like, please, God, do not burst a testicle. Like a fucking sculptor. <laughs> Uh, he's going to open like a bottle of fucking Maker's Mark, baby. I mean, for all we know, that guy was still tied down during the climax of this film. <laughs> That's the post-credit sequence. You guys didn't stay after and watch the post-credits? It's just this guy tied to a bed with wax on his dick. Hello? Hello? I'm really hurt. I heard if you hear a noise in the distance and you can't see, you're just <laughs> supposed to yell hello a bunch. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, we totally forgot about this guy. And then he becomes the guy from Seven they find in the bed. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the fucking uh, uh, air fresheners around him. <laughs> well, then we go from this beautiful scene to uh, Ruthie showing up again. And, I, you know, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I had in my notebook on this page in particular that uh, this woman, uh, this actress, Hetty Burris, she did the fucking voice. You're, you're not going to believe this one, Connor. Oh, boy. She was the voice actress of Yuna. In Final Fantasy X and, and X2. Holy shit. I just thought that was like kind of a wild fucking uh, a credit. No, that's someone who I probably wouldn't expect to run into out in the wild like this. No. Especially not here. Yeah. Of all places. But she shows up again and is, is screaming at Dorothy like, Yeah, Campbell, he's, he's running you, you know, taking you for everything you're worth, isn't it? And she's like, who the fuck invited this woman? How did she even get here? Uh, how did she even know where to go? Well, she saw the bright lights, so she just fucking showed up. <laughs> she's sucking, he's sucking you dry, baby. That's my necklace. He stole it from me. Right, and then she's like, he just gave it to me. What are you talking about? You see the engraving? That's my family's name <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's our five-week anniversary. <laughs> and then she gets escorted out by Paige and Kate. Yeah, ex escorted out, and yet, like, two scenes later, she's fucking snuck back in. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Is that what happens next? Well, first, first we have a quick scene where Max shows up. Yes. And is like, hey, Kate, how you doing? She's like, get the fuck away from me. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm not trying to fuck you. I just wanted to let you know that, uh... Oh, yes, he is. Yeah, I never found out where Lily went. Uh, she never made it to L.A., and Kate's like, huh? And she's like, oh, when'd you find that out? He's like... What? I was looking at your boobs. You know, you look great in that dress. And she's like, whatever, bye. Case closed. <laughs> Nobody actually finds out what happens to Lily. <laughs> no. Then we go from there to Ruthie, like, breaking into Campbell's fucking bedroom and kind of going through, like, his packed bags. This is so stupid. First of all, how did she get up there without anybody noticing? I guess it's just, like, the party's bopping that much that no one's paying attention. Sure, nobody else gives a shit that she's there. Nobody cares. She scurries in like a raccoon, like... 
It, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> she fucking goes into this guy's room. How she finds it, I don't know. And then she's like going through his duffel bag, and there's like a watch in there, and she takes that, and she's like, "Heh." Well, it's the watch. Yeah, it's the it's the gift that uh, Dorothy had given him. But like, she seems so right satisfied with that. Sweet revenge. She's like, "Ha! I took your watch." Yeah, I didn't get my necklace back that I was talking about five minutes ago, but I guess I got this super expensive watch I'm gonna pawn or my money. Money that you stole from me. Right. You stole my necklace. I'm stealing your watch. And then I'm calling a pumpkin head on you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she fucking did. She needs it to complete the ritual. The watch. She would have survived this film if she did that. Because she, instead, she goes downstairs to like an area we haven't seen before. And is trying to like sneak out the back door. And then from like the fucking broom closet, <laughs> uh, Cupid's dragging the maid out. Yeah, she used the fucking club key to get down there. Oh my god, I forgot to fucking even mention that, Joe. This house is built like a combination of the Spencer Mansion and the Raccoon City Police Department. Uh-huh. It's like if they had a fucking baby. It sure does. And it, it, it's huge, right? Because this is a different staircase altogether. It's huge and designed by a maniac. Well, you know, he sees her as, uh, and she kind of backs up like, whoa, you know, I didn't see it. I didn't see anything if you just let me leave. And clearly <laughs> yeah. that's not going to happen. So she, uh, what does she whack him with? She cracks him with a fucking pool stick. Yeah. <laughs> right upside the head. Just a random pool table in the fucking back of this house well no it's like a, it's like a um it's like a lounge area right it's like a hunting trophy room yeah oh yeah that's true it's like fucking chief irons fucking uh, office <laughs> this bunch of stuffed animals everywhere <laughs> it's the same but on this floor though it's the same floor as like the sauna is Right. And I believe the hot tub. Yeah, it's all... I mean, that's kind of how I would assume it, you know, works out. No, it is. I'm almost positive, especially, like, later. Right, because you have the sauna, the hot tub, the locker area. Yeah, and then, like, the sitting room with, like, the pool table and the fireplace and shit. So she... she uh tries to get away from this guy and he chases her and she's in the fucking... Uh... She, she goes into the sauna. Right, she hides in the sauna and... There's this great shot, like, through the door that's out in the distance, like, through the glass uh, window in the door. Mm -hmm. You just see Cupid staring in, like, looking for... It's very akin to, like, the the closet scene in the first Halloween. Yeah, yeah. With, like, the blinds over her face. Like, the light coming in. Well, this whole scene, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of her, like, scurrying around, trying to avoid, like, the line of sight of Cupid... But she also kind of bumps into Campbell's mutilated body. <laughs> Campbell's just down there like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, I'm dead. <laughs> Aren't you happy? Can I ask you a question? <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like, she's got to be a little uh, satisfied on the inside there to find him dead. Yeah, I th- well, no, because she'll never get that money now. Yeah, yeah, she could have reached into his pockets and just robbed him dead. That's another one of those things where it's like, why don't you just stay the fuck put, right? He didn't find you, just stay there. <laughs> right! Stay well, no, instead I have to get up because I haven't seen him in a few minutes. He could literally be standing right outside this door with a fucking gun and blow my brains out the second I step outside this door. But hey. A few minutes? He's been gone for like five seconds. Like, he's probably still in the room. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, she goes out there and starts creeping down the fucking hallway. And uh, from off screen, he grabs her from behind. And tosses her through a fucking glass shower. It's great. And that glass is probably thick. Dude, 
it's really cool. It's a great shot. He like tosses her through this fucking glass and then she's all cut up and bloody and he fucking grabs her and his nose starts gushing blood and she's like, no, no, no. There's this huge jagged piece coming up from where the, where the, the breakage was at the, at the base of it and he fucking slams her head down on it and it fucking goes right through her uh, chin up through her head and they show the whole thing. It's great. I will say the kills in this movie as sparse as they are are all satisfying they're effective yeah like i'll totally spin this again just for like it's well we'll get to it at the end but anyway well especially the next one because we go from this essentially to this denise richards scene yeah the scene of the movie in my opinion uh yeah it's a really good one i think it's a cool setup too because she's over by this 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 hot tub kind of moping kind of because you know her date did show up but it's this loser guy that she left upstairs uh, so she's in the hot tub, and she's got a wine bottle, and she's just kind of moping. And uh, like many times before this, uh, I'm assuming, I guess, because Cupid is already in that vicinity like we were just talking about, he's easily able to to come right up behind her. That's the thing, right? So <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it's all on the same level, but she didn't hear all that shit that just happened in the bathroom. No, like it's far enough away that it's out of earshot, but close enough that he can get there within a minute or two of walking. Because they have this, there's this great shot where she's like in the bat, in the uh, hot tub, and behind her you can kind of see the door where you come into the room. Yeah, and you just see like, not even like you can't totally make it out, but you know it's Cupid. Like you see enough of it, like, oh shit, she's up. It's like frosted glass. It's it's cool. Um, man, every time they showed this full shot of this hot tub with like the foliage. Oh, this is a cool-looking room. Oh, my God. I was just like, man, I want to go kick it in a hot tub with Denise Richards and a, du- and a fucking bottle of Dom Perignon. Like, I'm, I mean, who wouldn't? I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, let's paint a picture for people at home if you haven't seen it. You know, obviously, we were already talking about how this woman's house is just, like, overly exaggerant. Ex- exuberant? Uh, but this, this room with the hot tub, you know, it, it's a hot tub in the middle of the room surrounded by concrete. No, it's marble, dude. It's it's like these marble lined floors with these big marble pillars, and then like this this pretty big hot tub. It's like a fucking seven person hot tub with like fucking um jets and everything. You know, it's all it's all yeah, it's all like trimmed out and like uh, what's that wood? Anyway, it's like oak, not oak, but that waterproof wood that they use in like saunas and shit. And then like it's big enough to have room to dodge. Oh yeah, and then they have these plants lining the front of it that you can watch while you're hanging out in there. Just 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 because it's like no, it's like a whole foliage uh, setup in front of you, and then. There's like a skylight letting like natural light down into this. Yes, yes. It's fucking beautiful. Like, <laughs> welcome to House Hunters, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I just wanted to be there. I was like, I want to go relax in that fucking hot tub, dude. <laughs> so Cupid sneaks in there, and she doesn't get a, a look of him, but she again, because let's once again say it. Hello, hello, hello. Anyone there? <laughs> hello. Well, she's like, oh. Somehow she turns around. And he's able to place a rose next to the champagne bottle. Fucking solid snake. I am convinced this guy has some form of teleportation powers or is yeah. able to, to disappear into a pocket dimension or has an invisibility ring on. 
He's a speedster. <laughs> He's got the invisibility cloak. Well, she somehow thinks it's the guy, you know, wax on, wax off from earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, Luke, Luke, is that you? Get the fuck out of there. And she's like looking in the bushes for him. First she says Brian, and I'm like, Paul Walker's not there, honey. You broke up with him. He's at home in a jar. I mean, imagine what she would do. Does she like return that jar to like his parents? Does she just like throw him away? Yeah, how does that work if one breaks up with a brain in a jar? Brian, I'm sticking you in the closet. If you want to apologize, I'll let you out later. She dies, and then she's never like, you know, he never he's just stuck in there forever now. Until then, we're through. I can't wait for Denise to come back. <laughs> Any day now. He becomes like the AI from fucking I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. <laughs> well, you know, in the MDU, if he was left there long enough, somehow Job would have fucking connected to him, and then we're really in trouble. Oh, no. Just deletes him. That's how That's how he becomes reborn, like fucking Ultron. Job's like, damn it, this is not a body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Job takes over Michael's brain. This isn't a fucking Petri dish attached to a fucking computer. I've been foiled. He's like, well, some mistakes were made. So eventually she's walking around trying to find whoever's in there. Gives up and then just kind of turns around and Cupid's right there and uh, does his famous move, grabs her in a chokehold and just tosses her. But this time, not through plate glass, not through a window uh, or over a uh, handrail. Uh, this time right back in the water. He lawn darts her into this fucking jacuzzi. He's just helping her get her diving form down. <laughs> she slams her face in there and then he like locks down these glass uh, or this plexiglass um cover that it has that made me so uncomfortable now i for i totally forgot about this kill and i'm like he's gonna fucking okay so he's gonna like halloween tour he's gonna like turn up the fucking heat and like boil her to death no right right He, he fucking he fucking slumber party massacres her with this fucking giant drill and he's like drilling through the fucking um the lid. It's really uh, tense. Dude, it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. scary. Because she's like, she's got to get out of the way just enough, which is underwater to dodge the drill <laughs> coming through the thing. You don't have enough space to move around too much, and you're you're in water too, so your movements are all hindered. And you're panicked, and your visibility is shit because you're looking through like plexiglass that he's just standing on and, and just shooting a drill through towards your body. <laughs> It's pretty effective. It's pretty good. She gets clipped a few times, too. Yeah, he ends up getting her in the shoulder, and then he's just like, eh, fuck this. And he lifts the lid and then throws the fucking drill in and electrocutes her. (laughs) And in doing so, the entirety of the power of the house goes out. I'd like to uh, announce Tammy as the first character to be killed off in the MDU. She's coming back. She's she's coming back. Nobody's ever truly dead, Connor. Nobody ever stays dead. Nobody's ever really gone. I mean, John Hurt could show up at any time and resuscitate a body. We know he's got the power to do so <laughs> she didn't die she just went home <laughs> and you can't stay here okay anyway <laughs> but you can't stay here speaking of you can't stay here as soon as the music turns off everybody turns tail and gets the fuck out of dodge They're like well party really died see ya they leave faster than the people left fucking bruce wayne's party and he was like literally burning the house down <laughs> Ninjas attacked his party, and those people made their way out of there on their own time. <laughs> They're like, oh, God, this fucking music's over. Let's leave. Yeah, finally, I've been imprisoned by Static X and Orgy for the past four hours. They played all of Wisconsin Death Trip. Oh, my God. Well, then, now that we've kind of, like, whittled down the number of suspects, then Dorothy's like, you know what? I don't think it's Jeremy Melton. I think it's your boyfriend, Adam, because he's the only person left that doesn't have an alibi. And Kate's like, well, 
I think you're kind of crazy for suggesting that. And then uh, this is where Dorothy like really goes off about, you know what? You never wanted to be my friend. Well, you know, you're jealous of my boyfriend because I used to be fat. And uh, Kate's just like, uh, Dorothy, no one ever really thought that. I don't know why you're obsessed with this idea. Uh, uh, please, we just want to be your friend. No! No! She's like projecting on her, and then like she's like, it couldn't, it couldn't have been Campbell. It had to have been your boyfriend. I mean, he could have just went to the gym and got plastic surgery. Cause I was fat. Um, cause I'm the fat one, and you're the fu- and you're the nice one, and Denise Richards is the slut one, and the other ones. I was fat, so um, I'm pretty sure Dorothy like storms off. And previous to this, I think we we missed it, but uh, the detective had called just randomly in the middle of some shit happening, and he's on the phone with uh, Kate, and he's like, he's like, ah, Jason, Jason, uh, Matuchin fucking escaped. He he's out of our custody. Uh, we had to release him. We didn't have enough evidence. I'm on my way. He's a madman. He talks himself in the third person. He can't be on the streets. Jason's free to go. Jason does. Jason has an alibi. Jason says, "Fuck the police." Jason says, "Jason thinks you don't have any evidence to hold me on, so Jason needs to leave." <laughs> Meanwhile, Jason's standing in front of a hot dog stand, and the vendor's just like, "Hey, buddy, I want a fucking hot dog or what? Because I gotta go home to my wife." It's, it, we just—I would love that if we just cut randomly to Jason and he just like goes home, or like he like drives to McDonald's and just fat parks, and then that's the rest of the movie. Uh, uh, sir, okay. Well, do you want fries? with that jason wood yes jason wants jason wants no cheese on that cheeseburger have it jason's way jason wants to have it his way well while jason argues with himself kate uh (laughs) she tries calling vaughn back after dothy storms off and uh she doesn't hear his phone at first you know pick up and then she like literally like where she's standing outside uh she hears his phone ringing in the distance she's like wait a second and then the ominous music kicks up, and she's, yeah. like, running across the fucking backyard towards this ringing phone. And then she finds it in a big pile of dinosaur shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, she finds it next to fucking uh, Newman's can of fucking shaving cream. Because <laughs> there's, like, this little stream on the side of the fucking uh, backyard. Is that West Indian lilac? Cool. <laughs> Well, she bends over. She finds this phone next to the shaving cream and fucking dino shit. Droppings, droppings. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, it's Vaughn's phone. Peers into the water. Finds the the one fucking clue that would have, you know, that would have cracked this case if she actually told somebody else. <laughs> it is a very direct clue, and, like, it leaves no no wiggle room for anybody else. No, there's like a, zo- there's like a fucking smash zoom onto it, and it's like... It being the fucking IOU TLC floating in the water next to this guy's cell phone. Who could that be? Which she then actually reaches into the water and grabs. I don't know, maybe for a future uh, reference to pocket it. You know, it's fucking soaking wet. I can re-gift this. Well, you know, she pulls it out of the water and, you know, right as she pulls it out, this fucking detective's head pops out of the water. <laughs> it sure does. And it's already bloated. That's amazing. <laughs> It's Ben Gardner's head. Yeah, he looks like a fish man. I'm sorry. I know we already kind of gave it away that the bad guy is actually your fucking boyfriend already. But 
if she wasn't sure yet, the fucking IOU should have told her everything. I don't know how this movie ends the way it does after finding that. Yeah. What could this possibly mean? See, that shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? Because it's evidence enough that, or or it's suspicious enough that, like, he's the only one left, right? Right, because the only two characters that would have that note are her. And him. Or Adam. Nobody else. I, I didn't, I don't know, you're right. That didn't need to be there. Like, the phone and the head, it's perfect. That's enough to scare the shit out of her. Right. And then, <clears throat> just the fact of, like, because in a second we're going to have a back and forth with them, and I feel like that is enough of a vehicle to drive that tension and and uh, suspicion. Well, like you just said, Joe, like if they didn't have the IOU in the fucking water and it was just the lake, you know, or, or if it was just the cell phone and the head came up, then you could be like, all right, it's up to interpretation. Sure. And then uh, she runs back to the mansion and then Adam in his most like evil bad guy way casually walks down the steps. He's like posed differently than he has in the film previously. His voice is slightly different. He's wasted. Oh, he's drunk. He's full-on Homer Simpsoning from the Shinning episode. He's like, <laughs> give me that, Mark! Give me that! Oh, he's, he's fuck. he drank that whole bottle of tequila. Don't mind if I do. He's drunk as a skunk, dude. Yeah, and he's suddenly like, I'm a bad guy now. I just can't walk straight, but it's fine. Come here, I'm gonna leer at you and stalk you. Dance with me. Yeah! Don't make me ask you again, because I'm asking nicely. Remember the beginning... When, when I did that, when I was, you know, the other guy that you don't know I'm actually him. Remember when I asked you that when we were kids? That was kind of my soft way of telling you that it's me, but you still didn't figure it out yet. Because you're dumb. Well, she starts to figure it out, like, get really nervous because of the shit he's saying, and she knees him in the ball sack, and he falls over. He's like, ah! Oh! She's like, starts running away from him, and he's like, why did you do that? He's like, I'm just <laughs> trying to talk to you. She's like, get away from me! You're scaring me! This man gets kneed in the balls, and then gets a full bottle of champagne broken across his face. Dude! Like, he should not be standing. No! He recovers from that knee fucking, that knee to the nuts in like a second. Like, dude, no, you're fucking down for at least 10 minutes. He nips up like the rock. is Bam. Yeah. And especially if you get cracked with that fucking bottle, dude, you're knocked the fuck out. I mean, straight up. I mean, I mean, you might be dead. You could. You definitely can. You might even be concussed if you're not dead. Well, after she hits him with the bottle, she runs into where Dorothy mentioned previously that her father had all these guns fucking locked up. Yeah. And she grabs out this fucking like Magnum revolver. <laughs> no, it's it's a 1911. It's just like a it's a handgun. Okay, so a big ass handgun. Let's say. To me, it looked way bigger than a handgun, but I don't know anything about guns. Barry's hand cannon. The model's like a 1911, is what it's called, yeah. She's walking around with this big-ass 1911 in her hand, and she's, like, fucking, like... I I don't know what her goal is. She's looking for Dorothy, I suppose, but she's got the gun just in case fucking Adam lunges out at her, but she's not actually sure he's the bad guy, but she's she's still gonna shoot him if he comes at her. Yeah, I, I really like this scene. I like how she gets the gun and, like... She's scared, but it's she's not it's not like fumbling with it, right? Because right, she, right, right. Like she 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 knows to like put the magazine in and all that shit. And I don't know. No, yeah. It, it, I don't know. I feel I feel like if she f- actually found him, she would shoot him. You know. Well, it works too because uh, when she goes back into the house, like the way like. If you haven't seen the movie, it's it's kind of got multiple floors. So mm-hmm. before, when uh, Adam was chasing her, she kind of went down two floors, got the gun, and now is like re-entering 
uh, the one portion of the house and is moving back up. She's on the floor with like the su- the hot tub and the sauna and all that shit. She got the key with the spade engraving on it. <laughs> she got the helmet key. Yeah. Yeah. So she uses the uh, to go upstairs, and this part's great because she opens up the fucking door and just this uh, cupid fucking dives at her. Yeah. Through the door, and they go both tumbling down the stairs. I really, because I hadn't seen this in a while, I thought that's how the killer died. I was like, really? The killer dies because he fell in the fucking stair? Yeah. It's cool man because so so she falls down and and she, she and she gets up and she's like looking at the cupid and she's got her gun pointing at him and and cupid sits up and then just fucking gets lit the fuck up david boreanis fucking shoots the living shit out of the person in the mask he uh did what the joker tried yeah <laughs> let's be honest yeah because you pull off that fucking mask and dorothy's in there yep and uh kate buys it hook line and sinker sure does She's like this makes perfect sense i don't know what all the other detectives and police officers are gonna do when they show up and find this guy's handprints all over all the other dead bodies <laughs> But for now, uh, Kate is at peace knowing that her friend killed all these people. E- question mark. Well, but you have to have the final scene where he's fucking embracing her like, it's going to be okay. You know, she was crazy. He's like, I've always loved you. I've always loved you, Kate. And then his nose starts to bleed. <sighs> Let me tell you something. Oh, boy. <laughs> she falls asleep. Like, out of just pure exhaustion from all the stress and running around. Sure. Sure. But he bleeds. He gets the nosebleed, like Joe just said. And it lands on her goddamn cheek. You're telling me, unless yeah. if he doesn't wipe that away, she's seeing that the second she looks in a mirror. Yeah, man. She, well, he she fucking Char- he Charles Lee Ray's on her face. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit, yeah. She wakes up and he's like, oh, God, what happened to your face? Oh, you got a cut. How did she not feel that? Come on. She's very tired. I was going to say, that's my first thing. It's like, if so, you if you fucking bled on me like that, ugh, I'm going to feel it and I'm going to freak out. It's hot and wet on my face. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, she never got a chance to even react to it because the movie cuts to black right after. Yeah. And then we're, we're kicking up that music again. Connor's old fucking playlist. Oh, fucking... Opticon from by Orgy. Hard pass. Okay, so if they didn't fucking have that IOU piece of paper right there, right? It would have been such a banger of an ending. I agree. Um, if that if that's the only thing that breaks that and fucks that, it fucks up the illusion, right? Yes, and it also. And I guess we're kind of almost getting to the review section. Yeah, but. For me, it kind of kills the ending because that's my biggest problem with this movie. It's just like I feel like most of it's pretty good and then the ending just takes a major shit. No, I agree. Because of that detail, honestly. Yeah, it's it's a loose thread that could solve this uh, this case, essentially, and people just ignore it. It's it's to me like whoever made this movie, whether it was the people working on it or it was the sar- cigar-chomping executive, was like, hey, we need to make this be open for a sequel. I don't get it. So let's just uh, not sh- see him get caught. Well, just just in case. Yeah, but it, it's it's more of the spelling it out for you before the reveal happens, you know. But like, then what's the sequel? Like, okay, we already know it's this guy. Does he just like these new people he's killing don't know who he is, or do we get the Pumpkinhead Two thing, where it's just a totally different character uh, walking around with a Cupid mask, but except this time it's like a baby mask, and uh, they add in this extra element where <laughs> they kind of do like the Groundhog Day thing. <laughs> But it's also on your birthday and not Valentine's Day this time. Are you following me? Are you, are you seeing what I'm putting down here? Uh, you know what? Fuck you. I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but you know what? What? Like, honestly, like, what was the sequel plan for this? Just like 
he's still killing people and they don't know who he is. No, no, it's just it's just kind of one of those things where it was like, well, that's wrapped up and that's it. It's the ending I would expect from like a very tongue in cheek episode of Tales of the Crypt or 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 one of those types of shows where it's like, yeah, oh, you see, it wasn't a happy ending, but for a movie, I don't know, for some reason, the way my brain. Uh, uh, kind of connects the dots. Like for some reason, it doesn't work as well in a movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. That no, no. That's a that's a good way of putting that because it does end like that. It's kind of it's kind of like the happy but not happy ending, right? Right. It also matters the presentation because you just said tales in the crypt, and like that usually ends with their like big twist or big reveal as like the final act. It's like the last trick of a magic show. Right. Sure. Um, it's designed for like crowd reactions, but this isn't really use in the same way so Mm -mm. you're like hold on wait there's a big logistical flaw here yeah i don't know it just uh for me it just causes too many uh loose ends uh to come up whereas before i would have just been like okay yeah you know a little bit run in the mill but like 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 good ideas different instead i'm like all right that's kind of squandered by the way this film wraps up at least for me well it's such an obvious hint that you like anyone who looked at that be like oh well duh well i think that was the problem like an exec was like i don't get it (laughs) Right, so throw the IOU in there, but we're not going to actually address it in the movie. Yeah. That's such an executive thing. I don't understand. I, I don't think the kids aren't going to fucking get it. Yeah, everybody's stupid. Your audience is stupid. They're not going to get it. Spell it out for me, please. There we go. Perfect. It was David the whole fucking time. Here's the IOU. And he had plastic. Don't say plastic surgery once. You got to say it like five fucking times. All right? Because nobody's going to get it. Hey, did you ever think that maybe he just has contacts now? And maybe because it's been like 20 (laughs) or 30 years, he just looks different. Maybe he goes to the gym now. Maybe he's just handsome when he grew up. That that shit happens all the time. Yeah. Just like how the fat girl is not fat anymore. Right. Or or like the only person that literally looks the same is Denise Richards, as we mentioned earlier. (laughs) Yes, she looks exactly the same. Denise Richards is 3,000 years old. (laughs) So, so... I don't think we did anything special last year for... Did we do Valentine's Day last year? We didn't. I think we did not, no. So this is our first Valentine's Day. Are we comparing it to a Valentine's Day candy? Because I can do that real quick. Do you want to <laughs> do you want to do that? Or do you... Or just... Sure. Put, or just rate it for the dumpster. I mean, I was just going to tell where I was going to put it in my dumpster. Let's just do... All right, we'll just do the dumpster. That, that's fine. I will incorporate this because I feel it's appropriate. Um, okay. I don't, I don't like this movie very much. Um... All the stuff in between the kills I find to be lethargic. I don't I don't like this movie very much. Um all the stuff in between the kills I find to be lethargic. I don't like these people. Um and I didn't really feel like that kind of like hell yeah satisfaction when they all got killed. Um and if I'm gonna continue with the Valentine thing, this thing is definitely like a box of those fucking chalky fucking hearts. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, everyone holds on to for, like, nine months after Valentine's Day because they never go bad. And I hate those things. I, yeah, this this just wasn't for me. I didn't really get too much excitement out of it. And uh, all the filler stuff I was just bored with. Um, the killers are cool. Yay! That's it. I, it's, I, don't, have, I don't have very <laughs> complex thoughts about it. I just I wasn't crazy about it. And that's, like, really disappointing because the sure. worst way to feel is, like, I am neutral. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's a shelf for me, um, and if I had to compare it to a Valentine's Day um, treat, I would say um, I would say it's a dollar store box of chocolates, like those shitty off-brand one-dollar fucking things that are like filled with mystery juice. They sell them at the counter. Yeah, mystery cream 
Just by un you know unbranded fucking chocolate. Ugh. Like you're really taking your chances with this one. Right. It, yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah, this could be really bad or it could be really good. And the result is could be great chocolate, could be diarrhea. It could be both, Connor. That's that's the scary part. <laughs> right. Good going in, bad coming out. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think this is above average for when it was released as a slasher. Okay. You have bonus points for me because it's a holiday theme, and I think this. I mean, obviously, my bloody Valentine is the king of that fucking of of that yes it um is. i and it'll never be trumped right or it'll never be surpassed i don't want to say trump <laughs> i don't blame you yeah and the remake is also good as well and the remake is actually is is better than this movie too but it's nice to have something else right uh you know what i mean a little bit of a little bit of different flavor i also kind of like the fact that this isn't an 80s movie. No. For me. Like, you should, like most most of the slashers that I really enjoy are like 80s and 90s stuff. But this is a fine uh, example of like a 2000s era slasher that is totally fine with me. Like, I, I don't, uh, I don't hate it. I don't have anything really bad to say about it. And I don't have anything amazing to say about it. The kills are really cool, like Connor was saying. Um... It's a, it's a slightly above average slasher for the 2000s and really if you swapped out the music, you took out that IOU uh scene and made the characters just a little bit more have a little bit more meat to them instead of just being nothings like having no like character development for them. Um I think this could be a really uh stellar um 2000s era slasher but it's fine i mean i'd watch it i'll I'll watch it again for sure um i haven't seen this since it probably since it came out i've maybe i've maybe seen this movie this is probably like my third time seeing it ever in my entire life um and i'm glad we i'm actually glad we came back to this just to revisit it just to make just to kind of you know we like to do that kind of touch base make sure (laughs) see how see how things held up and this is fine it totally holds up david boreanaz is really great um, Denise Richards is good. Um, I think the acting is fine. There's some funny as uh dialogue and some and some um I mean the waxing it part alone. The waxing it part alone is fucking great. Right. Um and I and again, like I was I was surprised at how much was shown. Like as far as the kills go, how graphic they were. Um I didn't remember that, and that was that was surprising and definitely pleasing. Um but yeah, it's fine on the shelf for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I would almost say this is a shelf movie if the ending just wasn't such a fucking piss poor wrap up, in my opinion. Um, just that ending just kind of kills it for me. It kind of immediately ejects it from the shelf into the dumpster. <laughs> but you know, I'm talking like this is definitely like your surface level. Like I'm not embarrassed to like reach in and pull it out and and tell people about it. Um, but it it's surface level. It's up there with like the fucking Burger King rappers and uh, <laughs> like the dirty diapers that people aren't pushing down too deep because they're not like, you know, full blowouts, but they're still in there with it. Uh, you know, it's fine. It's it, it's inoffensive. Like Joe said, you know, especially when you think about the time period this came out, uh, you know, 
the, the killer's different. It's not just another guy. I mean, I was going to say it's not another guy in a mask, but it is. But I mean, in the sense of like, look at, at the ghost face, like what that was and, and kind of what came out around that time period imitating that. And I think it does it different enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I think just in general, like that, that Cupid mask is, is pretty in, uh, intimidating on its own. And uh, like, like Joan Connor have said, I think the kills are good. And I, I guess my biggest complaint besides the ending against this is that it's almost like uh, they kind of fed into the Valentine's Day theme a little bit too much for me, where they kind of play up the whole dating angle as like a focal point to the plot in many ways. Mm. Um, but you, you could argue that there are so many uh, Valentine's Day themed films that, you know, almost always in the romance category that that kind of tackle that subject matter. So I wonder if that was almost like a subtle uh, dig at the subgenre of romances uh, involving Valentine's Day. At least maybe that's the way I want to think about it. So, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, like Top of the Dumpster, if it came on TV, wouldn't turn it off right away. But, yeah, I'm not reaching for this. I'm not watching this again. I'll uh, I'll look up the, the Denise Richards kill because I think there's a little bit of originality there. Uh, you mentioned the... the costume and like uh, that's just something that just slipped my mind I just wanted to touch on briefly again like it's pretty iconic um, and it really works and in a sea of um, rehashes I think I think it stands out and is effective and that's the last thing I wanted to say about that agreed so that's it that's Valentine from 2001 directed by Jamie Blanks hey everybody if you want some more bad movie goodness you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast and make sure to leave us a five star review if you dig the show because it helps get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums yeah and if you're on the social medias you can follow us at movie dumpster on Instagram Facebook and Twitter I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster and happy Valentine's Day. You brought me up here to show me your penis. Oh, that's so sweet. Well? What are you waiting for, honey? Wax it.